Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that when you want to go whitewater rafting, has the boat for you. I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. I'm Kendall. And this week we are reviewing Season 3, Episode 8, Go With the Flow. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. Kendall, you, you and I were talking before we yeah. started recording. Not my curious. favorite episode. I'm curious. Can I... Can I I'm curious what Kendall thinks. I liked this, it. Actually, I liked Guess it a what, lot. Kendall? Guess what? What? I liked it too. Awesome! Oh I, thought that, I thought that was a really good episode. <laughs> it was funny. And Am like, I actually going to be the odd man out in this? I think so, Greg. Which is the first time that's happened. Jesus, Greg, why do you always have to be so negative like this, though? So, like, I'm like, you know, meh. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, it was, it was it was fun episode. I don't. I, there was lots of really funny things happened in it, and there's lots of good situations. Mm. I mean, I don't like the human characters either, but they weren't that bad in this. Like they weren't they weren't egregious with like right, how right. Like last time, I thought they were a little too much, but this one was like, eh, I'm used to them now too. So, eh. but like, yeah, there's lots of good stuff with them, and I, well, I'll review it at the end of the episode. But yeah, I liked it. Okay, awesome. So, yeah. No, Ooh. this is great. Yeah. And I was like, "Yes, I'm not alone." And like, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked to agree with you. See, I'm like, I'm like, because I liked it. I'm like, Kendall should like this for based on like what I know about you. I'm like, wait, he, he won't because I like it. See, well, no, because that was what I was afraid. I was thinking. I was like, this is. I mean, this is an episode that is like the episodes that I like. You know, and it's got the yeah, it's the goofiness and the and the and everything and. And I was just, I was like, oh man, this is going to be another one where, where Greg hates it and Emily hates it and Jordan is suspiciously silent and I'm going to be, <laughs> it's like finally, cause I feel like every time I have an episode that I like enjoy or, I mean, I'm not like, I mean, I'm pretty excited about this episode, but like, like the last episode that I, that I like, that was kind of like, this was the, the, the last one with the humans in it. And, and it was like, it was like, I enjoyed it. Like it wasn't the greatest thing ever, but like everybody else, uh, it was so bad. And it's like, no, I don't want to be the contrarian because I actually enjoy it. <laughs> well, awesome. We both like this one. <laughs> I, I would just like to point out, I'm usually suspiciously science because like I said, a lot of the times, like when it, when it falls like, you know, one's on one extreme and one's on the other extreme, 
I tend, I seem to always end up in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I don't have, so I don't have anything like good to either push one way or the other, mm-hmm. other than point <laughs> out what I liked about the episode. Jordan, would yeah. you say that you go with the flow? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I approve of all of this. <laughs> Everything that just happened was good. Uh. <laughs> okay, so Kendall, tell us about this episode. Oh, IMDb, IMDb, right, right. I was so excited about things. Uh, Jack, <laughs> Jack and Una are mentioned by name for the first time in this episode. That is mm-hmm. the only thing. I thought that they were calling him Jack, but I guess it's Jack. Yeah, yeah, I kind of I, I heard Jack too, but I I knew it wasn't that because of course it wouldn't be it'd be Jack. Yeah, I will also point out that there I also misheard some things, and I'll point to it when I when I get to it because it's 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 what was pointed out in the uh, in the TF Wiki notes. Okay. Well, that's a coincidence because what's the TF Wiki say, Jordan? That's well, all we got uh, from IMDb. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of there's a like a big list of animation and technical errors. Um, I think it's because someone was really going through this episode frame by frame because most of it's they caught a lot of the clipping, uh, low res models, like things dropping to low res models and then back, uh, and just other little oddities. I'm not going to go over uh, all of them, but it's just, it's just. Uh, so somebody didn't like this episode as much as I did, I guess, <laughs> or they just really wanted to point out all the errors that was going on. Well, I think um, I, I will say I will say as much as I enjoyed the episode, there definitely were some things that didn't make sense in it, and oh, so yeah. I could see why. Like, if you were like, "Okay, I'm really going to go through an episode," why you would choose this one? <laughs> um, like just two things that are uh, rather very noticeable. Um, let me see if I can find it. Where was it? Uh, there was one about Megatron. Da, 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 and one about Dinobot 2. And where was it? There was this no, one no, about... It is not Dinobot 2. It is Dinobot, Dinobot. T. <laughs> what? Really? Remember we had this discussion last week. No, we definitely did not. I thought not the, Joel not brought it up. Part. He said, I, I, I thought. Yeah. And so then I, I said, oh, so Dino Party. And he was like, yes, exactly. E, got you. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I remember that now. Um, but, um, uh, I was saying T. <laughs> Jeez. Don't even bother. <laughs> oh, it's bad Craig. enough. I got told to shut up last week on TWA. <laughs> okay, here, here. I, fa- I found the, the Megatron one I was looking for. Shortly after the Predacons are first shocked by the uh, bipolar Energon source, Megatron moves his chair to a screen. When the camera is behind him, he is missing his neck, and his left shoulder joint uh, piece is in, is a uh, is severely sh- shrunk. Yes, I did notice that too. <laughs> and then I uh, it looked weird when I saw it. And then the one about uh, Dinobot is that when um, when uh, Megatron alerts Dinobot, it actually says Dinobot II here, like with the two Wasmater and Inferno to clear the area. Dinobot. Uh, tries to get up, and his left shoulder does not move with him. It may have dislodged itself as it, as a result from uh, colliding with Was- into Wasmater and Inferno, but it's hard to believe that uh, the, those two have all their pieces intact, and a powerful transmetal tube do- loses his. Yeah. <laughs> I might have seen that, I might have noticed that, but I just figured it was weird that they fall apart randomly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, let's see. There's a couple of continuity er- errors they mentioned. Oh, you know what though. happened? They probably hit him right in the joint. <laughs> uh, why didn't Inferno just wait until Waspader had finished installing the shielding plate before plugging in the mini? Yes! <laughs> That's because it's a great. <laughs> uh, Dinopot slices Rat Trap's tail, but later it seems to be full length as Rat Trap uses it to paddle Death Charge. I'm not sure though. Like it might be like one of those telescopic progressive knives i don't uh, know maybe he like recreated it it does his, get um, it does get way longer yeah um it's in, what's he it probably in his in his uh in his replicator arm in his room of requirement arm oh, okay there we go uh when when cheater's spark is shown in the episode it is the same blue as any normal spark when it was clearly shown to be green when he first became a transmetal too yes whether this is an error during the episode of the or the green spark was a result of his feral nature in that episode was never revealed uh, and it also says when Cheetor's spark chamber opens, it is the entire panel of his th- thigh that pops up. Previously, it was shown to be a small hatch that opens and slides into his leg. Yeah. So just a little differences there. So you and know, then he was transition. He was in transition. Now he's arrived. <laughs> and um, and yeah. I guess I guess the the healing factor was not a trait of transmetal too. It was Rampage Spark that made Dinobot heal last episode. Oh, because because Cheetor doesn't heal. Yeah, but then again, he wasn't knocked completely unconscious. Okay, mm. so it only heals you fully if you go completely all the way unconscious. If you're about to flatline, maybe I don't know. I don't think Dinobot was that hurt. No, uh, I don't totally remember the context here, but I will say that uh, it does make sense if. If because uh, like Cheetor randomly had random stuff happening to him when he was in the when he was transitioning, but uh, like the but the idea that when you're unconscious, then you're like sort of subconscious things that you would normally have to do consciously. Your 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 underlying programming, your subconsciousness takes over. Uh, kind of does make sense if you know. So so it would make sense. Also, also, uh, Dinobot Two might actually know how to do things, but Cheetor's kind of dumb. So he he, <laughs> he kind of did stumble into Transmetal Two, while Dinobot ha- has this this version of Dinobot has been a Transmetal Two from pretty much the get go. Right, right. He was yeah. specifically he was create like uh, I mean probably I mean if Megatron probably programmed him actually design you know he probably had some idea of what types of specs were going to happen. Uh, I just think when we have the explanation of rampage's spark it doesn't why don't we just go with that kind of thing because <laughs> it's I, fun to argue i don't i don't, I don't even remember the context <laughs> i'm just saying that i'm just saying that uh it could be but yeah okay rampage's spark because because that about like he, he got messed up last episode and then healed like immediately mm. and he and it kind of looked like when cheetor healed the transmetal 2 stuff mm. but it makes more sense for it to be maybe, maybe, maybe in, in this it. episode it was a it was a continuity error. <laughs> sure, because because uh, I I suspect there may be a, a, a some things in this episode that don't perfectly add up. <laughs> so you could say it did not go with the flow then. Or oh, it it did I guess. <laughs> Jeez, uh, I so gotta try and get them when I can. There's too many of those. <laughs> <laughs> so. Six Ranger is trying up too much now. 
uh, they bring up some of the continuity notes. Uh, like like the IMDb said that uh, this is the first time that Chak and Un are named and mentions they first appeared in Cutting Edge. But it also mentions that they seem to recognize Cheetor, even though he was last seen hanging out with them prior to his Transmetal 2 mutation in Feral Scream 2. Yeah, I thought about that. Yeah. Well, they I'm kind of make it... it I, yeah, I was going to say, it seems like he's been doing this for a while. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I mean, he had so, to teach him about the wedge and the incline, incline plane. Yeah. Uh, Rut Trap's interaction with Death Charge is reminiscent of his ongoing rivalry with the deceased Dinobot. It is. And then it points out, Megatron appears to be aware of Tarantula's eating habits since he leaves Una to him as opposed to the favorite Inferno or Dinobot. <laughs> oh, so let me um, let me uh, 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 point this out now while I'm thinking about it. I think Joel was wrong since we're doing corrections. Uh, Depth well, Charge why? definitely does appear at some point in the rest of the series because he appeared <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. He- that's okay. It's not. It's not Joel's job to know to know everything about Transformers. That's our job. Yeah. Uh, there's one Transformer reference where they mention Teletran One, which is part of the Arc Security System. Then they, it's, it's still a reference when it's like the sixth time they've mentioned it. It's part you know, of the plot they, now. I guess they still they still have to remind us that where Teletran One came from. I mean, uh, it's a if you're literally listing all of the references to Gen One, it is a reference to Gen One. It's just that. Yeah. This the 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 arc in this ep, in this season ties pretty closely to Gen One. So okay, and then there's some real world references where Chak waves a club around while yelling "Bam, Bam." <laughs> yes, I actually missed that. Like I, I heard is that, a, is that a real world reference or is he referencing <laughs> yeah, bam, bam. his friends? Oh, that. Yeah, that, that's I what thought I was he was saying. just shooting a gun. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what I that's, I, that's I what I took from it too. too. It could it could have been a uh, anyways. Uh, Rat Trap mockingly calls Jeff Def Charge Charlie Tuna. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, Beast Wars story editors Bob Ford and Larry Tillo worked various references to the online Transformers fandom from the series. Dinobot detecting the query in Grid Juna is a reference to Finnish fan Juna I Palaste. Palast? I was curious as to what that was referencing. That's yeah, so cool well, that they did this that. Is, this is what I and this is where I thought I misheard it. I thought he said grid grid tuna as like another <laughs> joke against Def Charge. That would have been awesome. Um got got a bit of trivia. Um both times the Predacons are shocked by the uh the are shocked by the disruptor ray, Tarantulus somehow manages not to be affected, even though Megatron clearly states that it affects all Cybertronians. This may be used as a small premonition to Megatron's reference to him during the events of Nemesis Part One, oh, and uh, yes. I think we'll we'll get into that when that hap- when we get okay. to that episode. I thought yeah. it was because he was behind shielding or something. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, he is like <laughs> in a spot that would be. Also, he's the one that made it, so like he would well, know. I was gonna say, even behind the shielding, Megatron was still getting like the rippling effect when when the when it was discharging it it, it still it, it makes sense to me that the tarantulas would figure out the one spot where he was safe <laughs> yeah uh there was there was some uh cybertronics in this episode and it says on cheater's blackboard seemingly re- random letters and numbers but on uh megatron's first piece of graphics showing the firing of the cannon screaming rocks and a big gun in a mountain and fire <laughs> are, are, are shown to be there 
And again, shortly before the fatal firing, uh, Derek, Nikki Dawn, and Hot Stuff are all shown. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, shortly after Death Charge crashes. Nikki Dawn. <laughs> yeah. Look that up now. D-A-W-N. Uh, shortly after Death Charge crashes, a puff of smoke appears to emit from t- Rat Trap's er, tailpipe. Yeah. In a moment of apparent premonition, Cheater's Spark Chamber pops open just before the alarm starts sounding. Um, and I think we mentioned this last time. This episode was used in place of the planned episode Dark Glass, the, the one episode that kind of had a little bit more about Dinobot and Dinobot 2 and other little things that they had to cut and did not actually get made, unfortunately. Yeah, I would have rather had Dark Glass. But. Okay, so so Greg, I'm going to give you Exhibit A as to why you may not have rather had Dark Glass. Okay. There's an episode in season one called The Truce. Yes. Imagine. I, I remember your passionate vehemence against it. Imagine if if they had if if that's how Dark Glass had turned out. What? Okay. Um. So what was the names that showed up again? Derek. Nikki Dawn, and then just hot stuff was uh was so Nikki is it N I C K I or N K K I? No, no, N I K K I. All right, Google.com. It's nothing. H O T space S T U F F. Okay. Oh, hot stuff isn't going to find anything. Yes, yes, that was the joke. I got about halfway into it and realized it was going to fall flat. But when right into it, it was funny, but. Uh, when Rattrap rescues Uno from falling, Silver Bolt's rescue theme plays. I noticed yes. that. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Silver Bolt uh, wasn't in this episode. No. Hey, maybe that's why I liked it. Oh, but speaking, speaking <laughs> of Whoa. speaking of episodes that <laughs> oh, were in their end, uh, Richard Newman is not credited for playing Rhinox in this episode, presumably because the one line of a calm and earnest "Oh no" is something Rhinox has said before, and is quite probably just lifted from the early, from that earlier episode. That's possible. And the final trivia is the moral of the episode is effectively it's good to steal. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, you, considering what happens, you can't argue with that, though. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I could. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's uh, all we have from the TF it's, wiki. It's good to steal if if someone is trying to murder your friends. And they are having you build their super weapon for them. And they kidnapped you. And they kidnapped you. <laughs> yeah. Then it's, it's good it's, to steal it's, their it's, bullets. It's it's good <laughs> to steal is a little bit like too um, surface level. <laughs> I think the moral of this uh, this uh, this thing is that simple machines are very important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's more the moral. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's either that or go for the joints. <laughs> Go for the joints. I like that. Oh, my. Which, coincidentally, so was... are levers. <laughs> Go, for... <laughs> Go for the joints be a t-shirt. <laughs> Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Uh, Greg, you ready to start us off on this summary? I am. Well, I was just about to ask if there was anything else on, on the TF wiki, but if not, then we're getting down to it. Because somebody's got to do it. <laughs> so, yes. The episode... I'm trying to bring it up. It was frozen up I, here I could bit. do it if it's, if it's too much work for you, Greg. No, <laughs> it is not. Um, we, we open up this episode uh, showing the top of a cliff uh, with a light sort of flickering on and off to indicate there's some work going on in the cave there. 
We then zoom out to a forested area and we've got a bunch of the, uh, I'm trying to remember, was it arachnoids? Is that what Rattrap referred yeah, to as? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think of them as, as tarantulas as babies now. Um, <laughs> but we see them sort of crawling in some trees and then we see Cheetor in his beast mode. Almost like he's stalking around. So at first I thought he was like actually, you know, spying or doing some surveillance. When it turns out, in fact, nope, he's just playing with the uh, the kids. Yeah, we got a false scare where like the he's looking around, it's playing this like ominous music, and then out of nowhere from the bushes is a child. And yep, they're, he's teaching them how to do spy and reconnaissance and stuff. He's yeah, teaching play them the art seek. of war. <laughs> yeah. So, so Cheater gets uh, knocked down. Uh, and but he gets up again. <laughs> yeah, God they're gonna damn keep it. it down. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So both kids uh, make an appearance here, and he's like, "Wow, totally ambushed." Oh yeah, I'm doomed now. Okay, you got me. I do, I do kind of like this. It's kind of sweet that Cheetor is being like yeah. good with kids. Yeah, he's, I like, he's I like sort a man who's the, good with babysitter kids. vibe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now that I say that, why am I having deja vu all of a sudden? Great, don't think about it too much. Yeah. <laughs> I get the joke. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so uh, just as... Cheetor is uh, complimenting Una on a hammer. Apparently, he's in a. She's put him in a hammerlock, and I can tell you right now that that is no hammerlock because I've watched wrestling and I know what a hammerlock is. Okay, Craig. Well, I don't. So, what is a hammerlock? Hammerlock is like when you get an opponent's wrist and you get it behind their back, sort of like twisting their arm, like a so, like a half oh. Nelson. Um. Not so much the half Nelson because the half Nelson is is more putting the arm behind their almost trying to put the arm behind their head. So sort of think of it like instead of bringing the arm up in a half Nelson, you're bringing it down and behind their back. Okay, so it's not around the neck at all is what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah. okay, okay. So I she's, she's hanging onto his neck here. So yeah. so let me change that. So it's like what I thought a half Nelson was before you just explained to me what a half Nelson was. <laughs> yes. Okay. But yes, gotcha. So. I the all I know is that it was a good movie with Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yes. Anyway, <laughs> um, he gives the the tip as we were alluding to earlier. Uh, when you're battling bots, hack at the hinges. So she seems to take this information to heart, and uh, Cheetor then uh, starts to guide them towards a. Okay, so where and did Chak, you make the chalkboard? And then Chak immediately starts hacking at his hinges. <laughs> yeah. Keep keep that in mind. That's important. Yeah. Quick letters. So, so first off, one, where did Cheetor make the chalkboard? And two, why does he have a ginormous piece of chalk for the chalkboard? Chalk is a is about like a thing that gets made in like nature. Maybe he just yeah. he just found it. I don't know. Well, if it was yeah, gigantic, you- it might have been in the in the the um. Autobot ship. Yeah, maybe. It was one of their it was one of their like handheld chalkboards. Like it looks like a mortar shell. That's how big this thing is. It, yeah, that is a rather large. I mean, we're not even at the chalkboard yet. We're, we're at first we got them going through and then there's another false scare, which I thought it was oh, a little yes. cheap that they tried two oh. false scares 
that close together. Um, and uh, we hear like, we hear a car going, and obviously it's going to be either Rat Trap or Tarantulas, and it's Rat Trap. Rat Trap comes out, and he's all like, hey, I was, you're something. He goes like, give it up, will you, Blondie? Why are you trying to teach these kids stuff? They're primitive. We're way out of their league. And, and Cheetor's like, no, they're smart. I can teach them stuff. And it's like, no, it's very important that I mess up the timeline by <laughs> yeah, accelerating that human is, that evolution. Is, that is weird. Obviously, yeah. the Transformers do not have a prime directive. <laughs> yeah, because look, he's, look. he's teaching them stuff they shouldn't know yet. But or unless they should know it, because this already happened. Because so, that's how time travel works, maybe. So basically, version. all simple machines were taught to humans because aliens? Yes. <laughs> Oh god, this is getting way too freaking close to the Bayformers movies now. <laughs> Look, I did notice I was watching this, I was like, man, this this episode is really about the humans more than the more than the uh, I'm I am starting to see I am starting to see the uh the connection between, you know, where he got his ideas. Mm. Um but, but yeah, Rat, Rat Trap <laughs> shows up and Cheetor is like, "What? I didn't ask you to come along and apparently Rat Trap's here to keep an eye on him because you know the buddy system you yeah. can have one guy going on on his own but yeah if and it Rat is a giant piece one of chalk the, uh, <laughs> if it is a giant <laughs> piece of chalk it probably was from the from the autobot ship that like a hundred percent makes sense if the autobots because then it would be the right size right from, yeah, like, but how does cheetor draw with it then because the, the, the autobots well, aren't giant they're like human sized Except for like now we have optimal optimus, but like before no, Autobots, that, he was, not no, no, he he meant he got it from the Ark. Like the, oh. auto, the original Autobots had a chalk. Well, yeah. I, the chalkboard looks like it's homemade. Honestly, okay, you're right. Yeah, the chalkboard's totally homemade. And yeah, I just yeah. want to say that Rat Trap sees an arachnoid and smashes it because that's kind of important. Yeah, the arachnoids are everywhere. Is basically what he was saying. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. Um, <laughs> contemplating the chalk because I didn't even notice the chalk when I watched it, but I think it you works. Did, uh, My explanation yeah, makes I sense. Yeah, I mean, when you pointed it out, Greg, it is it is rather large, but it's if it is, big. yeah, if it is, well, and I will say it is kind of a little baffling why the original Autobots would have chalk, but yes, because <laughs> they wanted to work they, with the humans in the 1980s and use lots no of humans. chalk. There was no humans when they landed on the Earth, though. Like, there was this. Remember, they landed on Earth now, where the, where the Maximals are right now. Yeah, yeah but so they, there was no humans. Oh, they don't <laughs> have no, I bet you, they didn't I have bet a you like, drive. someone like Ironhide or Ratchet was like, nah, we gotta have this old school way of, of doing things just in case. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anybody has theory as to why there's a giant piece of chalk... In this episode, <laughs> it's up on Twitter. I love how, like, movies. it's just a small little detail, and like, we're just been on it for so long now. It's, it's, <laughs> well, it's the just size a, of a submarine sandwich. It's yeah. very big. Look, yeah. look, didn't you, didn't you, uh, when you were kids, like, have like giant pieces of chalk? In, not yeah, that so big. Chalk, but not, well, not that, yeah, not like that. I mean, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like sidewalk chalk size. Like, it's only, yeah, like, that's a bigger, bigger than bigger. sidewalk chalk. That's like, that's like if I was a kid, that'd be half the size of my body. Plus, why would you? Why would you assume that that uh, Transformers chalk is the same size as our chalk? Maybe they prefer larger pieces. Why do they have chalk? They have computers. <laughs> they literally never didn't have computers. <laughs> they don't have trees. But they've got a. They assumedly 
assumedly these are not the first uh, organic life forms that they've interacted with. So you're saying that chalk is a necessity for communication with other life forms? It might be a thing that they use. It was it was it was something thought up and invented by the person who thought up with the Bawa weave mini gra uh, phrase. I mean, maybe the maximals have chocolate. I can't see the original Autobots having because I don't think they have run into any other organic life yet. I think the humans are the first time they run into organic life. Um, I could be wrong about that. Okay, then maybe uh, the maximals have chalk. Okay, that's. But it's too maybe big for the maximals. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. So, so the Autobots. Unless they made a new one for. Unless they made a new one for Optimal Optimus and then. Just some reason, Shooter had to borrow that one. No, that's what, that that's what it is. That's what it is. This much Optimus time usually on no, shop. no. It's this totally fault, makes Grant. sense. You Optimus, <laughs> Optimus usually is the one that teaches them. Okay, so oh, it's from okay. it's from his it's from his, uh, the training days when he had the re or reorientation for. But he wasn't that big back then in the training days. No, 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 no. no he's used, he's uh, Optimus has got the flu. He's got the space flu. Or, so, or, or he's busy so with something Chido else. So Cheetor's the substitute teacher. That makes so much more sense than than them trusting Cheetor with the job of educating the entire human race. I don't think they're <laughs> trusting Cheetor, but I think Cheetor's just doing it because he wants to. But anyways, he starts <laughs> no, to teach them how to use a lever, yes. and then he moves on to the pulley. But when he pulls on the pulley, it, it, it the way he got it set up wasn't exactly the best, and it snaps the rope he was using and it lands on his foot and it's hilarious and everyone laughs and has a good time. <laughs> I think, and I think rat trap makes except for uh, Cheetor. Like rat trap was told to sit down and be quiet while he taught and rat traps like, ah, I prefer explosions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just say that. I'd rather hey, watch things explode. And Cheetor, when he tells him to sit down and be quiet, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> No, this is definitely like the more I think about it, like this is Optimus's lesson plan, oh my but God. Cheetor's execution. <laughs> yeah, sure. I like that explanation. It works. <laughs> There's a little chalk there too, but you don't yeah. see it because it's like it's a pretty big like dip there for the big chalk. Yeah. The big chalk is Optimus's chalk. Yes, I accept <laughs> this canon. God. <laughs> And there's nothing you can say about it, Greg. <laughs> well, Emily, I'm glad that you and I are on the same page. The fact that you and I are agreeing is like, is it must mean that we're right. <laughs> exactly. Because it never happens. <laughs> I'm going to be titling this episode Chalk Theory or something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Print it. We're done. Uh. <laughs> what, do, what do those football diagrams are, are called? Aren't they usually done in chalk? Are they called? They have a name. I thought uh, there was like a specific name for them. Play. I mean, they're just—it's a playbook. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I thought there was like a specific thing for when they actually go over to go over it on like a chalkboard. Yeah, I mean, it's just a when play. The coach goes over it. Yeah, it's just a play. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you you can tell I haven't watched a lot of football things. <laughs> <laughs> why haven't you watched Aisha Twenty One? Actually, why haven't you read Aisha Twenty One? The manga's better. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll watch. I'll watch all of Friday Night Lights this week, and um, all of it. and I'll let you, and I'll let you guys know. He can watch all of it because he'll be watching the movie instead of the TV series. Oh, there's okay. a movie. <laughs> it was a movie I, uh, before the series. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
So anyways, we then move on to uh, this. You move on to what the Predacons are doing in this mountain where there's this big gun that they're making. Uh, I really like this touch here of Quick Strike um, standing on the end of the barrel and he's like using his tail gun to like fuse stuff to it. It's yeah, pretty, it's like he's welding. Yeah, yeah. The, the snakehead gun is is his welding torch. It's yeah. it's kind of cool. And, yeah, and okay, Greg, do you want to take over oh, again? No, nope, nope, <laughs> nope, you're doing a good job. <laughs> you go ahead. Uh, Okay, yeah, so then, um, and it moves further in, and yeah, we see this big gun thing, and Waspinator is trying to bring a panel over to it, and it looks like there's these giant two crystals that uh, Inferno plugs a big uh, tube into, and it starts powering the gun. As we mentioned earlier, maybe he should have waited until Waspinator was unbuilding it to do that, and after he plugs it in, this charge goes through and starts zapping everyone along the way. Um, Megatron asks Waspinator to hurry up with that shielding because they're in massive pain. And Waspinator gets blasted by electricity. And then the the gun gets powered and starts shooting down the barrel, hitting Quick Strike, and he explodes. <laughs> so the entire Bad Predacon team is taken out at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, um... I'll keep going up if anyone has any anecdotes. Uh, <laughs> this this, this, this uh, chair thing. So usually I'm the one breaking Greg up. So, to say so stuff. I will say, I will say um, when we questioned earlier, uh, like why they, why they didn't wait to plug it in until it was fully assembled. It was Inferno that plugged it in. That's probably why. Yeah. Cause Inferno is <laughs> <Yeah>. dumb. <laughs> and maybe they didn't realize it was going to cause like that much of a charge that right, fast. Right. Um, so Megatron. Question that I do have. Okay. Why does he have the flying chair? I I, I was gonna I was about to mention that is that they they have his like flying it's more, it's more like a crane chair in this one. Yeah. It, for some reason the, they moved it to this base because that was that important for Megatron to have. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it's the same <laughs> one that's on the dark side. Like I think it that with the you said it has like a crane arm to it. I think that's the one that he uses in the dark side mostly. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he have a flying chair? Well, because it's yeah, but why like, does he need it here? Because he wants Cause to sit down. Do you have a chair at your desk? <laughs> See, what we don't realize you have, is that you have this, feet this, that this, work. This, you could just stand. This, why do you have a chair? This gun took a lot of work. They've been working on it like day and night for a very long time. And Megatron wants somewhere to sit. And that's why Inferno plugged it in, because he was just getting dang impatient because they were so close <laughs> to finally finishing yep. it. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Greg, I promise there are going to be some continuity errors that don't have explanations. <laughs> okay, so Megatron starts talking about how apparently this uh, energy field thing they're going to use for this gun affects all Cybertronians equally. And while the Ark is protected by Teletran 1, the Maximals aren't. And he's going to fire this big ray beam at the Maximals to take them all out all in one fell swoop. So they can get to the Ark. Um, but because this thing affects Cybertronians and all Cybertronians, it doesn't matter if you're a or a Transmetal or even a Transmetal 2, as we see later. He needs a non-Cybertronian to finish a job. He immediately thinks of the uh, proto-humans. But oh, no, no. I thought hmm? Tarant- Oh, wait. Yeah, he does. He, he immediately thinks of the proto-humans, but he says, like, oh, but they're not capable of following instructions. Which then leads, as you said, Jordan, Tarantulas to mention, actually, I've been <laughs> watching that, and you'll be surprised. 
so yeah, if then we get a shot of one of the arachnoids uh, lowering itself right in the middle of like the the good guys here trying to teach the kids, which is not the best way to be hidden. I don't know. Yeah, it's not exactly very stealthy. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, Cheater just manages to pitch it at Rat Trap and he nails it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, with with his tail, so he basically hits it like a baseball. Yeah. 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 And yeah, he was that, like, okay, now that's done. <laughs> Are you say something, Kendall? Oh, I was just saying, that's that's the decoy. There's really about six or eight of them <laughs> in the area. I mean, that's the second <laughs> one that they've surprised. smashed so far, so it's not yeah, the I mean, only one. I be too one. worried about it. Yeah. Um, They're probably so, yeah, just everywhere. Cheetah <laughs> seems to be in the middle of a lesson in how to teach the kids how to make shovels. As, oh, um, wait a second. You know what just occurred to me? I don't mm-hmm. think we've ever established that the arachnoids have cameras on them i think we kind of like we assumed them assumed and we know they're they like flights. even like head cannoned it like half because like they've it seems like they were there was a time that like cheetor or somebody was infiltrating the predacon base and I, there were tigertron was was following one and it didn't seem to no- notice him even right, though it like right. looked like the light looked right at him so yeah. that's well, why we weren't, weren't sure you know tigertron not the best at being stealthy so <laughs> <laughs> and I will point out that these are a modified version because now they all uh, like it even says in the wiki from this from uh, uh, I think it was the beginning of season season one, or season three onward they have uh, tarantulas' personalized symbol on it, not a Predacon symbol. Mm. 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 So they might be like an updated version. And he decided, well, I'm tired of things following these back to my lair without me knowing. We're putting cameras on them now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would make sense. But yeah, okay, okay, yeah. I I just I wanted to establish that because I thought we had talked about that, but I, I, this definitely established. We, we did theorize that they had, cameras. That they had ca- yeah. cameras at them earlier, yeah, because there was <laughs> there had to be some kind of camera on various scenes, like various <laughs> scenes. We mentioned like why is there? How is he talking to Black Arachne in that case? Oh, 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 yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Like like they're they pull up things. Yeah, yeah. They pull up like they're watching the the what happened last time on the. On their view screen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, sorry. We can get back to on track. I just, <laughs> totally I'm just so happy. This is such a great episode. Like, establishing... <laughs> this is this is very important... Con- these are very important continuity things. <laughs> um, so, Cheetor is teaching them how to make shovels, like I said before. He's show- shown them the shape of stone and then tie it to a stick. And he does it for Una. And Una's like, oh, cool. And he mentions that you've got a useful, nonviolent tool because no one's ever killed anyone with a shovel before. <laughs> I, I think he means it. I think he means that it's it's the first tool that they've had. The only other tool that they've had is a is a ro- is a stick with a rock on the end. Like it's it's is is That's an a hammer, exclusively which can be used tool. nonviolently. So I mean. I don't. I don't see that one proto-human ever using that hammer non-violently, though. Mm. He kind of wields. He kind of wields it rather. I mean, and, and and it was demonstrated as to how to use it when when Dinobot used it as a weapon. So, like, yeah, like all this I'm is, saying. Oh, sorry. Well, just just this is this is uh, Cheetor is is trying to teach them with the simple machines and everything, like like. Violence doesn't have to be the isn't the only thing just because they're exposed to war. Um, okay, now now I now I am come totally on board with that. That this is Optimus's uh, lesson <laughs> plan because he wants to teach them his pacifist ways. Yeah, I mean, doesn't doesn't 
Now you have a useful, non-violent tool. Doesn't that sound like something Optimus would say? Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you coming um, around on this episode yet, Greg? No. <laughs> uh, all, all I'm saying, though, is that this this right here, this is, Cain, this is the start of Cain and Abel. <laughs> it's actually Chuck and Una. And so what's going to happen is they're going to get in an argument later, and like... Without the tool, they would have just been like had an argument, and no one really would have got hurt. Maybe slap fight or something. But because she has this shovel and doesn't understand the power she wields, she's gonna smack Chuck over the head with it. He's gonna die, and that's there. You go, first murder. I I don't think that that's the story of Canon. How the story of Canon Abel went, but well, obviously it got changed <laughs> over time as people had to retell the story. <laughs> I mean, obviously, because they took out all the Transformers. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, and also, also, you know, um, the Transformers are like uh, analogy to like God was an analogy for Transformers. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> and of course, since it's so patriot, you know, since the patriarchy has to remove Una, make Una a dude. Exactly. It's made them two brothers instead of a brother and sister because, of course, how could a, a woman ever have agency and just kill a guy? Anywho. <laughs> Um, Jack's an idiot and is trying to do the same thing, but he's just smacking the stick with his rock. And sh- then they see um, Wa- uh, Waspinator and Inferno behind Cheetor and start freaking out. And this is where Chuck does his like bam, 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 bam thing, which I think is just him yeah. mimicking a gun. Yeah, yeah, that's what but- I thought too. But I mean, I can kind of see it where that they might also it might have also been a reference, maybe. And well, and especially. Cheetor- Especially because like Pebbles was like kind of always kind of like a smart baby, and then Bam Bam just was like Bam 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 and like hitting stuff, and he is and Chuck is just true. hitting stuff constantly. That's, so that's a good point. So um, Cheetor says, "Hey, this bot tries for positive programming," as he thinks that Chuck is just being rowdy. But uh, here's the thing: he, he, while Cheetor doesn't believe these kids. Rat Trap's supposed to be watching all this. <laughs> I, mean, I think he'd like, give a heads up here. You know, Rat Trap doesn't watching care this happen. Like, huh? Also, also, uh, Chak, like, it, he, before he goes bam, 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 he, like, l- legitimately looks scared. Like, he's startled and scared at mm-hmm. something behind Cheetor, and Cheetor does not turn his head. <laughs> Probably because he's a substitute teacher. okay so rat trap finally acts and he's like time to change channels frisky and uh oh my gosh do you guys think that do you guys think that that's why they're having class outside (laughs) (laughs) why he wants to be the cool substitute our regular teacher Uh, lets us have class outside (laughs) he like moved the chalk board outside Oh my god! I'm shaking my head right now. <laughs> this is good. I'm enjoying this. This is my favorite. So, this is my favorite thing. <laughs> Welcome uh, back, Cheetor. Change the channel. These parents are demanding some entertainment. And yeah, he starts shooting and missing because that's what they do in a show. And uh, you know, Inferno for the using two guns this time again. We were. I remember we were were contemplating oh, whether. Yeah, that's true. He, he does that often, but he is using two this time. Cheetor uh, dual wield. Yep. Yeah, yeah. How do you get a better sense of when you guys are done uh, doing your reds? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he puts the kids away for safety and starts um, 
Oh my god, is that what he says? This cat got butts to scratch? No, he says bugs, but the subtitles I have says butts. I remember <laughs> that now. He's like, he's got some bugs to scratch, and my subtitles are like, okay, no, that's not good subtitles. But you see, the Predacons aren't there to start a fight, they're there to kidnap the kids. So Waspinator flanks them and takes Una. And, and he's absolutely ecstatic like, because he- Una is a helpless target. Apparently, yeah. Mm. He, he, that's what he thinks. <laughs> he thinks he's got the easy job this time. <laughs> so he flies off of Una, and um, Chidor is upset about that and drops his guard, and then is blasted by Inferno. Yeah, he takes uh, some pretty bad damage in this episode. But luckily, they get some backup as uh, Death Charge flies in and starts spitting power pizzas. It's <laughs> just <laughs> a missile first, apparently, which I didn't know he had those. I think his little fish gun. Yeah, his fish gun shoots him. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. But I do so, like like I said, like you really when he when he comes flying in spitting out the power pieces, his his mouth really does look like it's just, he's spitting them. Yeah. So it's just kind of it's just kind of funny to suddenly see they go patoo 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 and all these things are flying around. <laughs> so Optimus checks in with the crew and everyone gets explained that Una's been kidnapped. Cheetor's injured, and Optimus comes up with the plan that they have to that Dev Charge and Rat Trap have to work together to go save Una while Cheetor gets back to base for repairs. Because he does not self-repair, as we kind of figured he might, as we mentioned <laughs> earlier. Um, so they leave, and Dev Charge isn't super pumped on Rat Trap riding him. But now, how many characters has Rat Trap ridden in this show? Like at um, least mm, let's see. Th- I think uh, this is the third. Well, I this think... is the third one: Optimus, uh, Eraser, and and Depth Wait, Charge. then Rhinox too, right? Did not really yeah. Know. Plus, well, he's also he, and he's, and he's on, and he's written on 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 Cheetor once before, at least, like in his transmet his normal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Too. Yeah. So and so so we've got Optimus, Rhinox, Eraser, Terrorsaur, Cheetor. Um. He didn't write. He hasn't written on Silverbolt yet, but though Silverbolt has carried him with on the submarine. Yes, so I that's don't, true. I don't know if that actually counts. It counts. Okay, oh, it counts. Well, in that case, in that case, I think. I yeah, think pretty much every, every. He wrote Silverbolt straight up, didn't he? After like after the submarine got yeah, blasted, after the submarine. Oh got right, blasted. right, right. Yeah. Okay, so he's so pretty much like six. He's used every flyer as a transport at least one point. <laughs> like almost all of them at Cheetor? least one point. Yeah, Cheetor when he in Transmetal Raider Transmetal he he used he wrote him once. Like when they were all I remember because like Rhinox was on the surfboard with uh uh yep, that's Optimus right. Prime and he wrote on Cheetor when they were when they were going. <laughs> yep. Jesus. So Okay. So <laughs> I really like that Cheetor just like grabs his thing. antenna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rattrap grabs his antenna. Herb. Yeah. 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 Um, so they start following after the, the bug is getting out of there. And as uh, Una is being held up by a wasp in the air, she figures out, hmm, she remembers Cheetor saying hack at the hinges. And we were saying go for the joints earlier, but I guess hack at the hinges <laughs> is actually a term. And she starts hacking away at Waspinator. Which is, you know, impressive in terms of initiative, but if he did drop her, she's just dead. <laughs> yeah. So, maybe not the best plan. That was, that's basically what my <laughs> wife said. She's like, he's gonna, he's gonna drop her and she's gonna get hurt. Like, she's, <laughs> she's way up in the air. See, she's just not thinking ahead. Like, uh, future planning is not, has not been part, has not been taught to them yet. 
Yeah, I mean, like, sure, like they're not supposed to be the smartest. They're smart, but they're not the smartest. So, what's really funny though about this scene, and I, this is I, again, this is like the first joke, and I genuinely like laughed at it. I guess it's not the yeah. first joke. There was some like slapstick earlier, but um, um, Waspader kind of like radios into Megatron because of the situation. Megatron says she's better not be injured, <laughs> and Waspader goes, "No, she." She injuring Waspinator and Ratchet, <laughs> and then Megatron's like, "Ah, oh, situation normal there." <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, nothing out of the ordinary here. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I love his episodes or stuff like this. Like, I, I mean, don't you like that, Craig? He's not into that. Like, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was, it was all right. It was, it was one part that I thought was was decent. And he does come up with Waspinator needs to renegotiate his contract too, which was yeah, that yeah. was really good. That was really good. And 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 like well, Megatron's like saying that too. He's just like checking his nails. And he's like, yeah, well, make sure she arrives safe. Like he doesn't give a shit about Waspinator. It's so good. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, also, also, he's like he's thinking what anyone's thinking. This is a like a six year old girl. Yeah. With a with a stick, yeah. You are a you are super high tech Cybertronian techno organic being. You should be able to handle this. This is a pretty low can. bar. See, he barely makes it back to base before falling apart. <laughs> before yeah, completely falling to pieces. <laughs> so Lost Vader has now been defeated by a child. <laughs> yeah. And not just like outsmarted, but like literally like beaten to pieces. Yeah. With a stick and a rock attached to it. <laughs> yeah, apparently so, um, maybe maybe Waspinator's uh, defense systems have just gone so hyper attuned to everything that um, too hard like en- enough hard blows will just make him fall apart. Yeah, like a crash test dummy almost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's been disassembled and reassembled so many times. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah. actually. <laughs> apparently his those those are load bearing legs. <laughs> So, so um uh I've forgot to mention earlier too was when Tarantulas told uh Megatron about the kids, he kinda said like, Oh mighty Megatron and he's been that's such a boot bootlicker. That's kinda disappointing, I gotta say. I, sh- I, sh- I uh you know what, I always I kind of thought it was because he was he had another long term plan and right now he had like no other choice just to stick with them though. Maybe I, I don't know. Like I'd have to I'd have when we get to the last three episodes, I'll probably, it'll probably, uh huh. I hope so. Well, I- anyways, the reason I mentioned Tarantulas is because what happens is they get back to base, but the mega, but the Maximals are right on their trail. So Megatron orders them to fire the disruptor beam, which I guess is what it's called. And Tarantulas is like, but it'll just blow up again. And Megatron's like, well, make it less blow uppy and fire short range. <laughs> um, pretty much single, says like less power. S- um, single reactor fire or whatever they say in Rogue One. So we catch the rat, cut back up the rat trap who's getting more comfortable uh, running depth charge, and then they see this, this mountain's like has a lightning storm on it, and they're a little concerned, and the beam gets fired at them, which goes all like wonky because it's a short-range short range burst, I, I guess, lo- and explodes in front of them. Yeah. I love I love the 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 shot. Like the the yeah. it's like going all d- different like zigzag. Yeah. It makes it makes no sense, but it is yeah. terrific. Like it, it looks is, cool. It is a yeah, it's great. And I've I've never seen that like I don't think I've ever seen like a 
and it's a it's a gag like it's a it's a go- it's a goof that it's clearly malfunctioning but like i've never seen that where like a laser like goes jerks in all different directions it well, really you feels know, like oh go ahead you know you know what it reminds me of remember when cyclops's powers were messed up for a while no no okay. i don't remember uh, that, that. It, it was after they had the phoenix uh taken out of them oh okay cyclops's powers were unstable and his his optic blast would do stuff like that i don't i i don't remember that i think i i started reading right not too long after that, when he started having the X on his that. face, I started reading again. Uh, but anyway, uh, how did we mention episode- Cyclops two episodes in a row? <laughs> this this whole episode, or it, it, the stuff going on with the Predacons, it feels like a Roadrunner cartoon. Yeah, and, yeah, and this is yeah. this is exactly the kind of thing. Like I could totally see. Uh, the, Wiley the, Coyote, Wiley Coyote. some kind of like speed speed thing, and he can't get it to go straight. Yeah, he shoots like he shoots the laser. It like goes in all different directions, completely misses the Roadrunner, and then comes back and shoots him or explodes <laughs> or something well, something like that. This is a little bit more effective because what happens is it starts it starts slamming into depth charge, and tra- it's not affecting Rat Trap. He's kind of using depth charge as a shield. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to the. Predacon base, um, not the dark side. It's just kind of base they're working on this thing again. Yeah, the top base, yeah. Um, energy starts pulsating through the whole base and hurting everybody except for Una, who seems like she's kind of like, oh, this tickles. She's sort of laughing, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's then, like thriving <laughs> in agony and twitching, and she's like, yay! <laughs> and then presumably Dinobot comes back from the bathroom and is like, what is happening? <laughs> and he gets blasted by his energy and slammed against the wall. Showing us that again, it hurts transmetal twos as well. But yeah, he just, he's gonna, hey, what's going on? Boom! <laughs> and as we mentioned earlier, Tarantulas is fine and he's trying to turn this thing off before it explodes and kills them all. Um... Yeah, so either either you guys are right, and he's just at a point where the rays aren't hitting him, or he isn't affected for some reason. Mm. Well, the rays aren't hitting him. We don't see the yeah. Hit. So, but, yeah, it's definitely not that. Um, or or maybe Jordan is alluding to something that happens <laughs> in an episode. Well, sure, I'm sure he is, but I'm saying that's not the reason he's well, not getting affected by the beam. Is all yeah, right. like, I I think when, when uh, they allude... When it actually comes up in in the episode, we'll we'll probably discuss it a little bit because I think, Greg, you, you you remember what I'm like what I'm thinking about, right? Mm. Yeah, like I'll I'll be sure to to go over it anyways. Yeah, yeah. So we come back to red, the depth charge and red trap, and depth charge is is relatively okay, but he can't. He's pretty much in stasis lock. Not the kind of stasis lock that is normally in the show. He just can't move at all. He's like he's paralyzed. Like, he's paralyzed like, from the neck down. Yeah, so he's trying to like, and so he's like entrenched in the like, ground, like he's, yeah. he's dug into it. From well, the no, crash. that doesn't happen yet. Like they're, oh. they're 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 falling, and Rat Traps like, come on, what are you doing? And he's like, no power, and he's like, switch to glide mode or something. And he's like, I don't have a glide mode. Like yeah. what? what? <laughs> yeah, and, it makes uh, no sense for me to be flying anyway because I'm a water creature. Why would you expect me to have <laughs> a, a backup for my flight? <laughs> so. Ratchap's like do something, and he says he's open to suggestions. And Ratchap's like, okay, then I guess we're just gonna die horribly. That's my suggestion. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say we're all gonna die. He says, yeah, that was well, weird. Yeah, he doesn't say the exact word, but he says it in like 
it's he's not saving, something where... He's saving his catchphrase for something very special. <laughs> so he's screaming the pull up, and they crash into the ground, and um, they're... <laughs> and there's that, the effect of the, the explosion. Of oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the, not a fake that... puff. It's like a, like a real puff of smoke that they... Yeah, like the screen literally goes black. Because mm-hmm. I guess it, it was like right into the commercial or, or right right before it, and then they just kind of like have like smoke throw up from the bottom of the screen. It was like yeah. that episode from was it season one where they did something yeah, like that with fire, fire or something? Yeah, yeah, but it said they use smoke. It yeah. wasn't from a commercial because that happened when the lightning hit them, like right before it hit them. The commercial break happened, so it just oh, it okay. just they put up a black screen just because they didn't want to show up a crash, I guess. And then after that transition. It goes to, to Ratchcap, who has a little bit of smoke come out of his butt, which is kind of weird. Um, and he's look, he like, oh, look, he's checking himself out, and he's not dead. And then Depth Charge says, this day is just full of disappointments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is a great line. Um, and then I love how Ratchcap then just moseys over to him and leans on him while talking to him. <laughs> and this is where he calls him Charlie Tuna. He asks him how he's doing. And um, Depth Charge is like, I can't move at all. Like, I'll recover eventually, but just dig me out. And Red Trap's like, nah, I'm not going to dig you out. I'm so, going to go. Hmm? I've, I've got a question. Yeah. He he was in his his flight mode. Mm-hmm. He's not able to move. Yeah. How did he transform? I don't uh, know. Well, maybe, we've established that maybe, he can transform. Later, later maybe, in the episode, we establish he can transform. Yes. Well, yeah, true. after he's had time for whatever he needed to happen. Maybe, happen. maybe he smacked the ground so hard. He just transformed and then smacked again. Like he bounced, might have bounced on it. the ground a couple of times. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the, the pressure of the impact just caused him to like transform. Cause it doesn't actually look right. It looks kind of weird. Um, yeah. You guys so, just have answers for everything. <laughs> <laughs> he also, he also, he it's like, screw you and your logic. We got answers for everything. He today. also could still move. <laughs> When he was, there when is he no was crashing, or like, I think yeah. that's kind of obvious, and I think that's kind of so. But yeah, why we're laughing so much. <laughs> so when he was, so when he was flying, and he said like, "I don't have any power," blah blah blah. Like he was still kind of, sort of flying for a minute, and since he does not have glide mode, like his his wings do not aerodynamically mean that he would be able to fly. Uh, is presumably he still had some power at that point. And so probably once he was crashing, he figured he'd be he'd be able to like have a smoother landing if he was falling and being and in robot form than in in stupid vehicle. mode. Although that doesn't make much sense because vehicle mode is like a solid object, while his robot form has joints and can like flail around and get potentially broken. Well, yeah, but if you <laughs> like if you're falling like like you kind of like if you're gonna like land like you do you kind put of your like, hands out. You do kind of like try to catch you. You can kind of like there, catch wait, yourself no. with your feet and your and your arms or whatever to like absorb some of the impact. I mean, you're so it. So what we're saying is it was a reflex. He was about to hit the ground. He panicked and he just transformed to brace himself. Sure. Yeah. That, okay. I mean, yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Or or yeah, he has patience for this is, now. <laughs> uh, that's how I broke my arm once. I mean, like I fell backwards and I tried to brace oh. myself and I missed and ended up like landing on my elbow. That's what I mean, though, is that you you did break your arm because of it. Oh, like, yeah. I'm not saying it was a good idea or it was going to work. <laughs> but, that it was just a reflex to, right, to try right. and brace himself. Okay. But, okay. like, people who – but, like, if you jump off of 
a 15, like stunt person or whatever that jumps off of a 15 foot ledge and lands, they don't just like, they don't just like curl up into a ball and crash into the ground. They, they kind of land on their feet and, and catch themselves with their, with their legs. Like they, they bend their, they bend the knees. Yeah, to absorb the shock. To that absorb kind of some thing. of the shock, and so so that okay. may be, and especially since they're giant robots, their ability to absorb shock after a giant, a bigger fall or jump might be larger than a you know than a, than a human. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So again, Ratchet alludes that this is still a rescue mission, and he turns into roading mode and drives off, uh, leaving Depth Charge with a uh, butterfly that flies onto his chest, and he goes. What are you looking at? Man, I <laughs> wish he turned into War Machine. <laughs> War Machine? Rhodey. Oh, jeez. Because that would, that, would that would make his transmetal form so much more interesting. Okay. So, they go... I like the Rhodey. So, they go back into the Predacon base, and apparently, Trantos hasn't detected any Predacon signatures. Um, and, and, and surmises that they must have been destroyed but megatron knows better than that and sends out um uh, i guess he doesn't really send anyone out he just asks uh una to start working on the machine and he tries to guide her through it and again this is a very funny scene <laughs> so it's, it's, frustrated because it's it, it is literally a a uh an adult trying to tell a child to do something specifically and a child that doesn't fully understand yeah. language yet yeah or the concept of how tools work i, I like <laughs> I like he, he. She starts like he asks her to pick up a panel, and she starts bouncing on her head like a hat. He, he's he kind of like, uh, yeah, that's cute, but actually do it. <laughs> like he, he's trying to humor her at first, but he gets progressively more and more frustrated as she's like, we're trying to work on it, and she eventually figures it out and puts the panel on the wall, and, and he, he asks like, her to use yeah. the wrench. And she's and got she a, has bone. a bone. She has a bone. Where did she get that from? I don't know. <laughs> And then he's like, "No, no, the wrench." And she, he calls. He, this is where he breaks down and calls her an imbecile anthropoid. But luckily, she does not understand what that means, so she's not offended. And she picks up the wrench, and he's like, "Yeah, that thing. Now use it." And then she starts smashing the bolts <laughs> with the wrench, them, bending them down instead now, of. Yeah. Personally, according to video games, this is how you fix things. You hit them with a wrench. That's how how Torbjorn fixes his turret. That's how the engineer in TF2, I think, fixes stuff. That's how the engineer in that game where everyone's on a ship and they all have different roles fixes stuff. You know, that's just how you fix things. So it makes sense to me. Uh, She smashes the bolts in and Megatron's like, fuck it, it works. Yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) then it takes her they kind of do like a uh, they do a spinny thing and now she's completed uh putting the shielding on and it's a little haphazardly but it works yeah while megatron's head was like on the desk (laughs) well i'm guessing i'm guessing there was more than one time that he was banging his head against yeah i think so probably (laughs) okay finish finish going over i have i have some thoughts on this scene but i kind of want to say them all at once so so keep so keep going but i am i am just warning you i'm going to tell you some things so megatron says that it's now time for the final step and he wants her to install a stabilizer crystal. And she's looking at where did she get it? Like, what did it was it just lying there? No, maybe they she, just like like pushed it over with a stick. 
so they didn't get close. <laughs> and they're like, okay, now pick this up. Yeah, I think She's it actually- was. I think it was just lying there because, like, because like Waspinator was working on all this stuff before, so yeah. she's just sort of at Waspinator's workstation. Okay. For as frustrated as he's getting with her, she's taking this instruction incredibly well. For him just saying, install the stabilizer crystal, she picks up the crystal, opens the hatch, finds where it would go, and like then she kind of she makes a noise thing and he gets frustrated but she's actually doing a pretty good job of listening to him and he hasn't explained <laughs> well, it very yeah, well because <laughs> she's she's like enthralled by the beauty of the shiny crystal in the middle of the chip which uh for for those who haven't seen the episode it's basically like a, the stabilizer crystals on some kind of like computer chip thing that has to be installed and it's got like three prongs on one end and it's like one of the yeah. It's like something that you would would like a uh, put on a like a PC motherboard circuit board kind of mm. thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So she moves her hand down to the slot with the chip, and it cuts to her face. And then we cut back away, and she's presumably installed it, which we'll come back to later. And she closes the hatch. And okay, so it's all fixed. She fixed the the disruptor beam, and now they can kill the Maximals, no problem. <laughs> disruptor ray. Um, and triumph is before him. And what did you want to yeah. say, Kendall? <laughs> okay, so. You guys think that it is un that uh, I I did have the same gut reaction of this is kind of unrealistic that Megatron is going to be able to uh, to tell her to, to explain to her what to do and then she she follows all the directions. Uh, no, I don't but, mean it's, I don't mean it's unrealistic that she eventually did it. It's just it's just the amount of directions he gave her for the installation <laughs> of a chip in particular uh, is she she made a lot of leaps of logic. Anyways, right, yes. right. So so but you got to remember you got to remember that Megatron is used to working with Waspinator and Inferno, etc. <laughs> this is this so it's not really too far off. No, I mean like the scene's awesome. Like I wouldn't change a thing about it. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like all of that was gold. Like that was great. <laughs> but it's just like it's just like this really establishes that if if and and really the, and really this applies to as we go throughout the rest of the episode. This applies to the Maximals as well. Like if either side of this war had anyone who was even remotely competent, then <laughs> they would just, they would just dominate because, <laughs> because this, this, yeah, the, like the, uh, this, this, yeah, this not quite, not fully evolved, uh, human six year old is, is, is able to assemble the, uh, the ultimate super weapon based on minimal instruction Having never used a wrench before, she she's able to improvise. Um, I mean, I mean, the fact of the matter is, she just did something that Waspinator could not do. Well, but he couldn't do it because of the the electrical energy frying him. That's the reason he couldn't do it. Or 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 was he supposed to have it done? But it took him so long to assemble the shields that Inferno was just like, there is no way he's had, he's had like six hours to do this job. (laughs) You know, we established, I mean, when we started, when we started, Megatron was like, I'm not going to sit down during this. I'm going to be, I'm going to stand up the whole time. And then he, and then he finally got tired. He walked back to the base, got his floating chair and brought it back because Waspinator was taking so long to install the shields. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so, saying, I'm just saying, basically, basically we've established that this small, this little girl, this little not quite human girl is smarter than all of the Predacons. 
<laughs> sure. So he says, Triumph is before him, and then Rat Trap says, and the rat is behind you. And he pulls out his gun, and he's got a kill shot on Megatron. Why didn't he shoot him? What is he doing? Why is he holding him up? This is... Again, it just it falls apart because he had the he had even had the gun in the kill shot mood. If he shot, he would have killed him. That's how kill shot works. Well, uh, mind you, that first episode <laughs> of season two when he shot Megatron, Megatron sort of just shrugged it off. But that was when he was in his beast mode. So plus, I'd also, be, I mean, also the joke. first episode of season one. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So and while he's taking his sweet ass time to shoot Megatron. Dinobot shows up and is like, haha, lol, and then he um, shoots Rat Trap, his gun out of his hand, and then Megatron just shows up and starts laughing at his face because he's so incompetent to not shoot him when he had uh, advantage. Um, the, what, so, I, I'm gonna, I am going to stop you there, though, Emily. Um, they do have a hostage right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, most of the time, most of the time, you you would have to jump through some hoops to see why why he didn't just just take the shot on Megatron. But I mean, the Predacons do have a hostage. But what so. he does doesn't work because as soon he knows there's other Predacons there. Yeah. So and, him holding the gun, the Megatron isn't that big of a deal, and like it, it doesn't work. So it would have yeah. been better to shoot him. It, like that's true. It doesn't work. I mean, I'm sure that if Una had been there, she would have made the right call. Yeah, you're right. If Una she had just gun. hit him. <laughs> she would have just hit him. She would not have joint. said, I'm going to shoot you, and then not shoot him, and then, yeah. She'd hit, she him, she'd hit him. him in the knee, and it would make his head pop off. <laughs> exactly. Oh, would it have, like, a little spring? <laughs> would it go, like, boing? And Probably. Yeah, it's it's the real hero of the show. <laughs> um. So Megatron goes, okay, we don't need the human anymore. Tarantulas, dinner time. <laughs> and he starts, you know, like... He starts like rubbing his palms together. He's super excited, and she understands immediately what's going to happen. Rat Trap tries to fight off against Dinobot, and as we mentioned earlier, he just cuts his sword in half. And this is—is is this where his like shoulder guard was like too small? No, that was uh, earlier when near the beginning, actually. Yeah, kind of looks like that here too. But anywho, um, he just goes hey, and then Tarantula starts like going towards Una, and because Una is the real hero this show deserves, she picks up a giant piece of metal and immediately Tarantula is like, "What?" <laughs> like, like it's just, he's so incredulous that she would like attempt to defend herself that he's like immediately shocked, and then she uses a giant piece of metal as a lever to drop the big power source on top of him, and we get another "Oh no!" as he gets yeah. washed. I just love his reaction, though. He's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Tarantula's death count is up to nine. Yeah, oh, as geez. he gets smashed by this power source thing. Um, I'll try and fit the soundbite in for, for his oh no. But after after defeating her enemy, uh, Una's in a bit of a trouble here while she starts a uh, bit of a trouble. This is uh, why you always secure your scaffolding. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she starts and to fall. make sure you reinforce it. Yes. And Rat Trap goes to the rescue, transforms into his roadie form, and catches her in midair. Well, I think there's a commercial break I in mean, between that for suspense. And yeah, yeah, actually, there is a commercial break because it has a freeze frame yeah. close up on her face screaming. And it's, again, these models aren't attractive. Creepy. And this is not a good, this is not a good screen cap. 
Greg, I will I will say they they did secure their scaffold. Well, two things. First of all, the scaffolding was designed for Waspinator, so uh, he can fly. Doesn't need to be that secure. And second of all, <laughs> they did secure it. It's just that that the power thing that she knocked over was load bearing. Here's so. the thing, though. Greg was just making a joke, and you don't have to tear into him like yeah. that. <laughs> well, that's what the, that's the point of this episode. I just I just wanted to, just wanted to establish this is a batch on Greg episode. Oh, <laughs> Greg, we love you. Um, so, Rat Trap drives underneath Dinobot's legs, like I said before, and catches uh, Una. Which again, if she had landed wrong, she would have just broke her skull on him instead of the ground. But luckily, she rolls in time to just land on him perfectly, and he drives out of there. Yeah, that's again, again, it's that military training that Cheetor was giving at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's asked uh, Tarantulas to now um, put the put the disruptor ray back together as the other Decepticon, sorry, Predacons chase uh, the kid down. With, with Rat Trap. And then we cut to Rat Trap trying to pull Depth Charge out of uh, his predicament he was in earlier, having uh, gotten back to him. And Depth Charge is apparently Aquaman and wants to go back into the water to heal. Yes. <laughs> and uh, the kid, re- again, being the hero that this show deserves, realizes that she has to use leverage to get Depth Charge out of here. But they're interrupted by the deception. What Timothy Hutton has to do with again? This. I did it again. Predacons. <laughs> isn't this literally the? Isn't this the part where where Rat Trap is? Oh, if only we had the most basic form of technology. And I was like, <laughs> if only some sort of maybe a simple machine. Like he basically no, he says, exactly. talking about these machines that are not simple at all. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's, he's he starts listing off these tools. like very yeah very complicated things. But because we have the human here. She goes back to basics, and because because Retro's thinking too big, he wants the simplest piece of standard equipment, um, a hover wrench or a grab thruster. <laughs> but Love she comes up wrench. with she comes up with the lever idea, and yeah, while they're doing that, they get interrupted by uh, Dinobot in uh, Grid Juna. This is where they mention that, and yep. he's got detected the core in Grid Juna. So, so I'm gonna make an off color joke here. Um, okay. So remember last week we established that uh, that black arachnia has reproductive organs. Oh God! Do you notice where their yeah. the 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 fulcrum of the lever is? I it just is, noticed. It yeah. is right in depth charge's crotch. Like they're, they're jerking off depth charge's giant wooden well, penis right now. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. There's you could take it that way, or you could just say like you know I hope he's wearing a cup. <laughs> that's that's true. It's still going to be painful. <laughs> so Inferno. It, oh, it sorry. A, it, I was going to say it takes a few tries uh, of pushing on that on the the lever to get him free. It does indeed. Um, and uh, Inferno goes all Predacons attack, and they just are able to get away just in time, and they start surfboarding on Depth Charges. A paralyzed body down to the water, which is again really great. Like, there's so many good parts of this episode. <laughs> Even though he yeah. was able to transform back into his, you know. So maybe paralyzation doesn't affect their transformation. I mean, as long as they have their TCOG. Specifically, I mean, specifically, it, they even say like they say it a very. It's very specific circuits that have shorted out. It's like his energy he has, yeah, circuits he mentioned, or something. Like he says, he mentions very yeah, specific right. circuits that, that are that are shorted out. Also, I mean, also he can still talk. So yeah, that's true too. 
And I mean, it makes for a cool scene where they, they surfboard yeah. on him, and then they're um, again. Like, I think the I think the real moral is that like simple stuff getting taking care of more complicated problems because they you can't have a stick. Everything needs leverage. <laughs> <laughs> she he still can't use any of his movement abilities, and um, Rat Trap and Una start. Uh, Fire, well, Rattar starts firing back on the Predacons and then uh, starts um, rowing away on top of Death Charge like he's a rowboat. Oh, and Death Charge transforms by saying beast mode. Yeah, which is different than usual. Yeah, yeah, because normally he says maximize to go into that mode. Yeah. So yeah, they start they start rowing away, which again is just it's just great. Like, everything <laughs> about this episode is great. <laughs> yeah, because they're because they're row like like they're just slowly rowing like <laughs> not even right with row with like they aren't even they don't even have oars like they're just sticks. <laughs> so so it, it must be like really shallow water, and they're hitting the they're hitting the bottom of the of the of the river. But I mean. Yeah, and also it is, it is a river. It has it has current. Right, they're so. going with the current. But you would as, you would assume that somebody who who's flying using rocket propulsion would be able to keep up with the river. But you know, I mean, that's okay. See, see, Greg, that's a plot hole. <laughs> I think that's a see. I was going to say the reason that Rat Trap's using the stick is because, like Canadian loggers, he is using it to guide himself on the bottom of the river. His Canadian loggers right. did the same sort of thing. Right. To that's be fair, yeah. his his tail does have a spade at the end of it, which has a little bit of surface area, but mm-hmm. her stick doesn't. Yeah, that's what um, I was I was I was thinking that too, Greg. That that he was that it's a shallow river and that he's and that he's he's <laughs> it's hitting the bottom. Yeah, but mm-hmm. and then also and then also yeah, they they'll use the current uh, and the stick is more to is more to steer than to uh, yeah. I went on a I went on a a three-mile canoe trip a few weeks ago. I know about canoeing. You use the river to the the current, and you make sure that you put your cell phone in a plastic bag so that when the it flips over, then uh, it doesn't ruin your cell phone. So we cut back to the Predacon base for a bit where um, they say that they've found uh, the rat and the, the proto-human and says that we have to take care of them, and then after that, they'll fire on the maximal base. Um and then we cut back to the river shenanigans, and they're they're getting away from the Predacons, chasing them, firing, and just barely managing to get through. And uh, Rat Trap even asks him to Death Charge to maybe float a little steadier. <laughs> yeah, because Death Charge is like, "Ow, careful, you moronic mouse!" And then he says that Rat Trap couldn't steer a garbage scowl. I think that's what he says. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, like like a floating flounder's any better." <laughs> And um, eventually, though, they make it to the end of the river, which is a waterfall. And things are looking a little dangerous for our, our crew here. And I guess we'll have to find out what happened to them after the break. Okay, we're back, BCs, and uh, they, yeah, as we, um, 
as we left our crew, they're about to go off the waterfall, and they do. And it looks like they're falling to their deaths as they completely go off death charge and lose all their equipment. It all goes flying off of them. But apparently, after they land, they get back on the death charge and again have their equipment. So I'm not really sure what happened there. If they just swam around underwater and found it again. Because, yeah, they clearly dropped their oars, or makeshift oars, rather. But when they come out of the water, they're fine. So, as they go on, and they're getting shot at by the Predacons. Um, so, Redshot might have lost his gun, because he doesn't seem to be shooting at them. Yeah. She, the, the girl, Una, she starts picking up dirt with her, her makeshift oar. Pretty much, yeah. She digs it into the riverbank to get some mud. Like a cold mud on it. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, lever, and... Uh, Ratchet's like, huh? Oh yeah, got your sister. And Amelia understands what she wants to do and flings <laughs> the soil into uh, Waspader's face, which completely fucks him over. And he starts <laughs> flying around erratically. And you know, Inferno's like, "Fool, your pitiful patch-ups are no match for me." But I guess Rat, I guess um, Waspader flying into his back is a match for him. <laughs> and eventually, as they go down the river more, we see Di- they get stuck on a rock. And Dinobot's about to take them out. But the Waspinator thing is enough to take him out as well. <laughs> so this one girl just defeated three Predacons with a simple lever and some mud. Yep, that's, <laughs> I mean, like I was saying, that's she's smart she's more competent than So we've just we've just demonstrated twice where she where she took the lead over Rat Trap, who is a is generally one of the more competent Maximals. I mean, I guess yeah. he was at yeah. least he was at least able to follow her lead when she was like lever. <laughs> yeah, no, he helps a lot. Like she, he, it was a joint effort, but it was her idea that got this to happen. So I'm gonna say it's it's her takedowns. Do you think she's got, um, she's got three kills? Do you think the real <laughs> reason that uh, that Optimus had Rat Trap sit in on that class is that he thought that he could benefit from the knowledge that Cheetor would be sharing? I can see that. Yeah, I can see it. You know, learn to like the kids a little bit more because he doesn't like the kids at the beginning of the episode that much. He thinks they're kind of stupid. And he learns as they go on that she's pretty smart. Well, to cut back to the Predacons after, you know, Rat Trap and Una have a little bit of a giggle. And apparently the cannon is now operational. And Megatron, and not only is the cannon operational, but apparently our friends, uh, Rat Trap and Una, and Def Charge are are in lined up with the Maximal Bay. So if he fires a cannon right now, he'll kill all the Maximals in one fell swoop. Now to witness the power of this armed and fully operational battle station. <laughs> that, that's from something, I'm guessing. It's Return of sorry. the Jedi. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's been a while. <laughs> in a while. So, uh... uh God damn it, I was drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we drinking water right after making a line? Anyways. I wasn't expecting Jordan to come back with, it's been a while. <laughs> I don't understand why that's funny either. But anyways. I was rewarding um, my joke with a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> you can play a totally reprise for doing that, though. Yeah. <laughs> so... Trangelos has propped up the power source back onto it, and he's saying, you know, all the all the techno babble and prepare to fire. So back at the maximal base, Cheetor's spark thing, that his hatch that we mentioned earlier is now bigger, opens up, and I guess that's indication that 
something bad's gonna happen. I don't I, don't it it, it really seems like it's that. supposed to be some kind of omen because he's like, huh? And then the alarms go off. So well, is it supposed to be a more immediate precognitive cheetah power now? It must be. I guess. Because, yeah, he goes, he goes, huh, what? And then he goes, Big Bot. And then Big Bot looks at Cheetor and immediately understands what's happening and says, battle stations, before the alarm ever goes off. And they head over, um, you see uh, Black Arachnia and Rhinox head over to their stations. Rhinox has that pre-recorded line. Because, yeah, it would be kind of ridiculous if they called the guy in just to do that one line. <laughs> yeah. And um, we cut back to uh, Rat Trap, Death Charge, and Una. And I kind of almost forgot Death Charge was there because he's just a boat right now. <laughs> but he is. Well, not and for then, long because he transforms again. Yeah. They get beached and uh, having escaped the, the Predacons. And they look back at the mountain and the mountains clearly it's about to fire on them. And he tells Una to, to stay clear because even though she won't be hurt by the beam, she might get hurt by their exploding bodies, which she does not understand. Yeah, yeah she... The, the expression she has, she has is like, mm? <laughs> Um so the Predacons are reveling in their in their victory and the, the beam's about to fire on them and s- everything looks like it's going fine, but then things start going wrong. And the beam starts freaking out and zapping all the Predacons again. Uh and it, no one really knows what happened. And as the beam explodes around them. We cut back to Rat Trap, Una, and Death Charge, we're all kind of like don't really know why that happened. And Una apparently never put the stabilizer crystal in it. She just took it because it was pretty. And she puts it in her hair like a hair clip. So now yep. Una's defeated every single Predacon. <laughs> <laughs> all, all Predacons. This is the third time in the series that all Predacons have been killed. Except um, for maybe Rampage. Rampage isn't there. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, decided, yeah. I decided for my all Predacons stat, because it did used to be... All Predacons, not Inferno, because it was like the first two times it happened was before Inferno was was introduced. But I decided that if all the Predacons get killed, all the Predacons get killed. I don't. It's it's basically a team wipe. Ram, Rampage was somewhere. He was probably. Unis- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Una says it's pretty, and it kind of that's why she took it. But I I I I choose to believe that she was making a joke there and she knew it was important and that they were bad guys and decided not to do it. But here's the thing. We didn't see her put the thing in because of the camera work, but Megatron was watching her the whole okay. time. So, what kind of sleight of hand bullshit did she do to make it so that he didn't notice that she didn't put it so, in there? So I I watched this very closely the second time. Um Okay. I think so she did, I. did install it. I think she did install it and then she took it out after the fact because because it does it does i mean i guess technically we don't literally see the thing all the way installed but immediately after she installs it it does you do see both of her hands and she doesn't have it in either hand she could have put it in her hair or in her loincloth yeah though. i mean she could she could have quickly whatever i think what i think happened was that she tampered with it as soon as as soon as she saw like well people were worried about pointing guns at each other as soon as she as soon as she saw that uh that rat trap was in trouble i think that's when See, she swiped it i the only reason i don't agree with you is because of the camera work not showing us her put it in because i think that was i'm trying to say like oh did she put it in huh huh because even though when it happened i'm like i don't think she really put that in and she does kind of have her hand in a way that looks like she might have slipped it into her loincloth when you cut back to her if i recall it, uh, it- 
yeah, the camera work does leave it kind of ambiguous there. That's so I feel like they, you know, that's that's what happened is that she did it then. But you know, maybe you're right. I just I don't know the way that this episode set it up. It feels like she did it there. The important thing is the important thing is uh, that she's she didn't let she didn't just think it was pretty. Like she's making a joke. She knew it was an important piece. Yes. Yeah. I think so. She figured it out. Like everything leading up to this point has shown that she understands, even if she doesn't speak fluent English or fluent Cybertron language or whatever they're speaking. Like even, even if she doesn't speak fluently, she understands everything that everyone is saying. (laughs) So the Maximals are very surprised to see that she's got a stabilized crystal and then the mountain blows up. And yeah, like I said, like, and the, the idea that this beam was going to go and kill every Maximal and have them win the war, it's like they should just all be dead. Like, But they aren't because that would end the series. Um, as they're leaving, Depth Charge does mention that, you know, maybe they could have, like, gone back there and taken them out now that they're all, like, uh, out of commission. But Ratchet figures that they're too injured to risk it and yeah. should just head back to base. He's like, he's like, he says, what are you going to do, bleed on them? <laughs> I mean, we did see a Depth can move because he starts moving around in his robot form. He just can't um, propel people. He's, I, he has very, very limited. Uh, he can't fly, I think is what it is. Because yeah. now it looks like he can't swim because they aren't using oars to direct him anymore. But um, he uh, there's, a, there's a line here and he's trying to get back to the subtitles here. Um, yeah, Rattrap says, like, I say we just go home. Depth says, why am I not surprised? And uh, Rat Trap's like, Sayuna, and points his gun at Death Charge's head. <laughs> Does Cheater ever showed you my recipe for fried flounder? That's fucked up, dude. <laughs> and then Death Charge smacks him with his tail. And, and, and we laughs, laugh right? into the sunset yep. as the it goes a circle wipe, and that's the end of the episode. And yeah, it was great. It was hilarious. Lots of cool things happened, like surfing on... Uh, Death Charge to the river was was a cool scene, and then like yeah, going down the river on Death Charge's back as he's a fish. Like yeah, I know I thought that was a really fun, funny episode, and I think this definitely cannot be argued as not being uh, a mythology app. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Wait, but, you said it's it's no, it's definitely a standalone. Is what yeah, it's meant, definitely right? standalone. Yeah, is what yeah. I'm saying. Yes, it's not a mythology app. Because there's a few episodes where I've said, like, this is, feels like a standalone. You're like, nah, it's still mythology. But this is, everything in this episode is stuff we already knew, and none of it's new information. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And the, um, yeah, and the, like, the big gun is, like, the monster of the week. Like, it's just the, the thing of the week. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I really enjoyed it, and Kendall really enjoyed it. Greg, like, why don't you tell us, like, why did you like the episode? Well, I, basically going back to the points that I brought up, there was a lot of, I just found that with the tone for this season, I just found that the slapstick was a bit more than what I was accustomed to seeing so far this season. Uh, so it was just a bit jarring to me, I guess. Just seemed a bit out of place, and I really, like it's I said a, before, it wasn't I, the low road. Is what I'm. Is what I'm trying to say. No. It's like it could have gone a lot worse. Yeah, I, I just, I, I really would have liked to have seen Dark Mirror in, instead of this episode. I mean, what I'll say is, I mean, it wasn't the low road, but I think this is probably my favorite episode of this season. I, I, before we, before we went through it, I was, I went through and I was like, this is, this is definitely better than the episodes I didn't like. And it may not be better than the episodes that I liked. I think it's, 
I liked. It's better. It's. I, I think it might be my favorite episode of season two, to be honest, because <laughs> it's just it's just a good time. And and like you say, they should have had Dark Mirror. I think it is good that they had a little bit of levity. Um, I'm not sure what that next episode entails, but I presume the rest of the season is going to be like dark, serious, dark. So, yeah. Let's see here. I think next is is it crossing the Rubicon? Uh, it is. Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Well, that's yeah. And then Master Blaster, and then other victories. Oh, that's going to be a fun one. And Master mm. Blaster, are we ever going to get beyond Thunderdome? <laughs> and then Nemesis Part One and. Two and that's it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, which is good. The thing is, like, as as much as as much as dark dark mirror or whatever it was called the um the episode that was cut, as much as the concept of that uh sounds good, a lot of episodes that of this series that the concept sounds good are some of the weaker ones. So I I would not assume that dark mirror is is a it would have been a better episode uh, just because, yeah, I mean like the truce is the most interesting concept of the entire series and they completely butchered it. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's just, you know, you know this was a, this was a fun romp in a way that I, it, I, the tone is different than the rest of the season, but I haven't liked the tone for this season. I mean, this, this harkens back to season one in a way that very few episodes have. I, I don't, I don't think it does change the tone of a season, but I don't think it does it enough for it to be jarring to me. I just, yeah, I just thought it was a really fun episode with a lot of really good jokes and scenes in it. Like again, uh, Megatron is great. This episode, like uh, being like, Oh, business as usual to wasp in here. And then like trying to get the kid how to, to make the machine. Like it was just genuinely good uh, comedic moments that I felt like still felt in character to me. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, and the fact that they made Una an interesting, likable, fun character, like there's yeah, she genuinely is, was because the trope of the trope of the of the like kid, the ra- the random kid inserted into an otherwise perfectly acceptable TV series, like it almost never works. Like the yeah. the my cousin's visiting, or the or the Wesley Crusher, or whatever like like or or uh i mean like it that never works but for some reason in this episode it worked all you know this was this was the good damian wayne story <laughs> i still don't like how she looks but as a character she was pretty fun well i mean i mean if if you couldn't if you can't enjoy uh an episode because you don't like how characters look um uh i had to get past that a while ago <laughs> fair enough fair enough so i'm gonna get control back over to greg here so he can do the news post wait, wait a second. you know what you know what is <laughs> okay, best about this episode you clearly didn't yeah. want to summarize that episode so i just figured mm. I you know what's you know what the best part about this episode it just occurred to me optimus what? is basically not in it he's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit i mean he's i he kind of has to be but like this is definitely the least optimal optimus that we have seen yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I'm gonna go take my nap now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I don't want to answer questions. Uh. Yeah. Great. Uh, take us away to the news post. Okay. So, Jordan, do, do you want me to to read the news uh, post? Probably would be best if you if you did it because uh my eyes are still giving me trouble. Okay. And All I'm right. gonna have 
going to have a lot of fun trying to get through the questions. <laughs> All right. So, yes. So, our news post this week, of course, as always, pre- provided by L- Lady K. Hirsch on Twitter. Uh, this week, she says, Howdy, beasties. Sorry for taking last week off, but now I'm back and ready to spread the good news. First up, we got a heaping helping of Transformers Media News straight out of Hasbro's 2017 Media and Investor Day. Hasbro gave out a ton of new info on what we'll be getting now that the popular Rescue Bots cartoon has ended. Yeah, I didn't know. After becoming the longest running Transformers animated series. Which one was? Uh, Rescue Rescue Bots. Bots. Yep. Oh, oh. Hmm. Yep. And Robots in Disguise 2015 is ending this year after a respectable four seasons. That's not bad. Uh, we, we also learned why kids love Bumblebee. I love oh, yeah. this graphic. Yeah, and there's a, a graphic <laughs> that she has supplied. It, it's a it's picture part of, of... It's like a PowerPoint presentation slide Yeah, for yeah. investors, and it's like Bumblebee. Yeah, it's like... Cool, it's like, nice, funny, interesting, brave, fun, <laughs> exciting, good friend, friendly hero. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. <God. laughs> it's like... Yeah. It's pretty it, great. Ugh. Um, this this month, the preschool crowd will be getting the new YouTube series, My Rescue Boss Adventure, an interactive web series with choose-your-own-adventure-style choices that determine what happens. Oh, neat. This is, this is Hasbro's I... way of tiding that demographic over until 2019 when they'll be putting out a new TV series, Rescue Bots Academy, to replace wow. Rescue Bots. Despite the name, Academy will not be connected to the previous Rescue Bot show. It will be in its own continuity and feature new characters and a new voice cast. It's actually going to be connected to My Hero Academia? <laughs> that would be... Huh. <laughs> wow. That would be weird. Superheroes <laughs> and Super Robots fighting together. I like it. Rescue I'd watch it. it. No, I'm not saying... I've, I, yeah, I'm like, that's... Huh. Oh, also that uh, when we were when we were talking earlier about the news post, I mentioned the interactive thing. Kind of sounds like what uh, Cartoon Network was first did with Ma- uh, Mighty Magiswords. Like they were like little short things, and then at certain points you ha- you have like uh, an option to pick like one or two pathways, and it would either go like it was on an app, so it would just play that. But it also had was a YouTube series, so if you clicked on it, it would take you to the proper like ending YouTube series. Uh, scene, so it's kind of. So I'm guessing it's going to be something similar to that, since it's not that hard to do. No. Um, for the big kid crowd, Hasbro will be putting out a new animated series called Transformers Cyberverse. This new series will be focusing more on characters and their mythology, exploring the history of the franchise to retell old stories and tell new ones as well. Will also be in its own new continuity, completely unconnected with Robots in Disguise 2015 or Prime. That's uh, yeah, so it sort of goes along the lines of um, I remember watching a YouTube video that talked about Unicron, and Unicron essentially is a an entity. It is the same entity across the multiverse, the Transformers multiverse. Yeah. So if it's gone from from one universe, the energy shifts to another universe, and it's still the same character. Yeah, so it's like this- it's like it's like of of the con- continuities. It seems Unicron and Primus are like the are like the two main opposite ends. If one's missing, yeah. then it causes like major major things. Yeah. Yeah. 
So not much else was revealed other than that chapter one of season one will premiere in 2018 and chapter two will premiere in 2019. Uh, the placeholder image for chapter one was an image of Bumblebee straight out of the G1 cartoon, okay. hinting that at least the first chapter might be a revamp of G1. Since the series will apparently explore the franchise as a whole, it's likely that it could end up revisiting Beast Wars later on. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be a little neat. Uh, unrelated, but relevant to this age group, Hasbro was also making, going to be making a new animated Micronauts show, as well as a new Netflix original series titled Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters. <laughs> Jesus. Hasbro is really working hard to flex their IPs, and she goes on to say, wink. Yeah. Okay, uh, who wants to start a podcast for that tr- Stretch Armstrong show? <laughs> oh, God. I would... I will. I mean, if it's Half, Netflix, halfway hmm. through we will we'll have to change the corn syrup. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. I will say. Like I've been thinking, um, I would really like to do an episode by episode review podcast of something that doesn't have very many episodes and record them all in one day. <laughs> that that Pretty sounds cool. like a perfect. That sounds like a perfect contender there. Well. So. This is not the only mention of Stretch Armstrong in this news post, by the way. Kind yeah. of. Okay, I'll have to start paying attention. Then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, there's going to be another Machinima series for the old folks, but after the last one sucks so bad, uh, Casey goes on to say, I have zero hype for it. They're using the original G1 cartoon voices this time, so maybe that'll win some people over. She's like, I don't know, shut it, it does for me, because, well, I, I like having Peter Cullen voice prime any chance that he gets so uh in one final bit of animation news hasbro confirmed that an animated cinematic transformers movie is in the works akin to the forthcoming oh jordan you're gonna like this yeah i, I know. akin to their forthcoming my little pony theatrical movie it will apparently be part of the current cinematic transformers universe unrelated but apparently they're also doing an animated theatrical stretch armstrong movie and then she goes on to say they're really stretching that poor guy thin. <laughs> it's, I don't need to watch Touch Armstrong. It's a Stretch weird. Armstrong movie. I'm on board. Yeah. I, oh god. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I don't have like I don't think it's going to win an Oscar, but I mean, I'd watch it. <laughs> um she she does ask well, I mean, uh, we'll see maybe, maybe it's but, just a shame yeah. it's just a shame hulk hogan's probably too old to play to play stretch arms <laughs> yeah um she she does ask what our thoughts and feelings on hasbro's upcoming animated lineup are uh anything that has us excited well obviously stretch armstrong for kendall oh wait um, it's animated yeah so they could they should yeah. definitely have hulk hogan be be the voice of Stretch Armstrong. They're not going to put Hulk Hogan in Hank. No, no. After what happened with him. Yeah. Mm. Just found it out there. <laughs> yeah, after the racist tirade oh, and the I sex didn't hear tapes. About that. And okay, well, that's too bad. I didn't that's hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay, Ken. Then, then, I don't know. You guys just, never mind. I'm going to go back to posting this blog entry. Aw, <laughs> you didn't know. It's fine. Hmm. I See, he doesn't guy, follow so. wrestling, so he doesn't See, know. I was I, gonna say, I really don't follow wrestling. That's for sure. <laughs> I didn't know what a half dozen just, was. I'm just glad you didn't uh, try to say Randy Savage. Oh. Not not so much as just the fact that that would mean we would have to resurrect someone. Yeah. I mean, 
I. <laughs> oh, you mean Mancho Man? He's a he. I knew that he's died. Yeah. Anyway, we're moving on with the news post. It's getting too okay. sad. Um, she goes on to say uh, that she's also glad it's stepping out of the whole aligned universe thing. Uh, and to clarify, the Align universe encompasses both of the blank for Cybertron games, the first half of the Rise of the Dark Spark game, Transformers Prime, Rescue Bots, Robots in Disguise 2015, and some of the assorted novels. So uh, a lot of disparate parts. Yeah. Um, you really got to squint really hard and ignore some big stuff to make all those fitting in the same continuity work. Um that whole thing was a good idea in theory, but none of the different series and games in it really fit together from a characterization or continuity standpoint, clearly demonstrating a lack of communication and planning between the different parties involved. So, yeah, she's glad they're making a clean break from that interesting but failed idea. Okay, Greg, I have a question for you because you yes. said it a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I think, is it a Canadian pronunciation? Continuity? You keep saying continuity? Is that how they pronounce it in Canada? I, I say I say continuity. Uh, I say maybe it's an Atlantic Canadian thing. Okay, I mean it's fine if it's a regional thing. I just wanted to make sure that you weren't just pronouncing the word wrong. Oh, but that's oh, fine. This is, this, this is a Cran situation. I well, no, I'm <laughs> look. I'm not judging. I'm not judging or anything. I'm just more curious because, like, I I tell people about this a lot. It is really interesting doing a podcast with two Canadians. Because there are, like, most of the time you talk the same as us, but then you're like washroom or grade six or university or (laughs) that's, those are the three examples that I have. I mean, you guys don't use university for anything because we have both colleges and universities. Like, you guys have I was going to say, you guys do have universities down there. I know. So, yes, we have universities, but you would never say, I go to university. You would say, I go to college. Yeah. It, no okay. matter what, university like, is more of like part of a name for for an institution, right? Right. Like okay. a, pro- a proper name than an actual like uh, common noun. Okay. See, the the vast majority or the most prominent post secondary education in Canada are universities rather than colleges. So right, and that's true in that's true in the United States too. But the common terminal the the terminology of I go to. Uh, is I go to you would you would say I go to college or I'm going to co- I'm going to college like that's that's just like the the act of in general whether it's whether technically it's a university or or a or a something that's called a college um but you would say you would say I go to college just like instead of saying it's just like you guys say grade 6 and we say 6th grade like Mm-hmm. It's just it's a it's just a difference in in it's a regional dialect whatever terminology thing, but it's just really interesting because like occasionally you'll say stuff or like Emily said Zed on a podcast uh, the the other day, and my and when people say Zed, I think the guy from Power Rangers. I never think of the letter Z until you know context and and stuff. And it's I mean I guess if a British person says Zed. Then I think of I think of the letter because they're British, but you guys don't have a, like you guys don't have different accents. You have very very slight Canadian accents, but like not unless I say continuity. No, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I know this this we we went down a rabbit hole here, but I just I have to establish this because because we've got like we've got like at least like a, 
13 listeners out there. And I'm sure that one of them, I'm sure that one of them notices when you say things that sound a little bit different. And so it's an education and a multicultural something. Okay. Moving on. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, Casey then goes on to try and segue, uh, from the stretch Armstrong talk, uh, saying, speaking of arms, our second news item this week is that Forge to Fight has a new character on the roster who has a gun for an arm. She's like, okay, okay, I'll admit that segue was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Another punch. Uh, uh, yeah. I was going to say, like, a Transformer that would fit better is Strong Arm is a Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyhow. But seriously, Forge to Fight is getting a new fighter in the form of Shockwave, the evil Spock of the Transformers universe, yeah. whose cold dedication to logic is matched only by his exceptional intelligence and power. He's also the subject of one of the coolest, most well-known, and most homaged Transformers comic covers ever. Uh, I have to mention a little thing. He gave us a link to the uh, the old Marvel, uh, what was it? The comic cover that she was just mentioning in the yeah, yeah, where's Shockwave's there, and there's there's uh, etched on the wall, all are de- all all, uh, all are are all dead. So it's like it says the Transformers are all dead, and uh, I just want to point out that they directly qu- quote that in the actual Forge to Fight game mm-hmm. uh, when w- as part of releasing Shockwave and stuff like that. There's like a little mini mission stuff that you can do to you know play against him and earn stuff and like that. And so there's like a little mini story with like little cutscenes of of uh, of Shockwave like talking to various people and and ta- and arguing. And when you finally like get to him at the end, he like just gets mad. And he's like, "That's it. I'm, I'll do this myself. The Transformers are all dead." <laughs> but yes, the um, Casey goes on to say uh, his in-game model, like every other character, is based on one of his most recent toys. In this case, his Legends class figure from Combiner Wars. As someone who owns this toy, she can confirm that it's pretty great. Uh, she's glad that they based him in game his in-game model off of it. She also likes that they named one of his moves Shock Blast, a nod to the period in the 2000s where Hasbro lost the rights to the Shockwave name and had to make up the word Shock Blast to use instead until they got the name back. <laughs> Uh, finally, we have a bit of news. Uh, she was a, initially going to hold back on sharing, but since Joel kind of officially spoiled it last week, she's going to go ahead and drop it in here. Uh, perfect, perfect effect. The company behind Bisco Rira, the, uh, the off market transformer that we had talked about a, a little while ago, uh, has put out a teaser image announcing that they will be making a dragon Megatron to go with their take on optimal Optimus. Yeah. Um, while she is excited to see it, uh, she does she'll be able to afford it. Yeah. Still, always glad to see me more Beast Wars toys getting made. Uh, she she leaves our new news post this week uh, with a question: Which Beast Wars character would you each be most likely to cosplay? And she says she bets Emily wants to do a Black Arachnia Silverbolt couples cosplay with Mike. That'd be Aww. pretty good. And now I do. <laughs> so she, she goes on to close. Uh, that is all for this week. Until next time, stay safe and avoid any suspicious strangers who may try to kidnap you, especially if those strangers are giant robot insects. So, yeah, I'm, I'm generally afraid of giant robot insects without the strangers part. So Yeah. Yeah. So, cosplay. Um, hmm. Um, hmm. I would say that, like, that's pretty good, her suggestion for me. I probably would have said Black Arachnia, uh, 
just because like she's such a good character. Like like everybody's just cool, but like Bakarni has a lot more impact on the series and has like a really good arc and everything. Micah Silverbolt's pretty funny. The, the good parts of Silverbolt, I would say, Mike has, but he's not shoving his dick like Silverbolt is. He's, <laughs> he's a very good boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess I'll, just, I'll go with your suggestion, Casey. It sounds good. <laughs> uh, for me, I would... Um, I probably... I think Rhinox would probably be my first pick. Mm. Maybe Dinobot. It's the second, just because of the sword. But yeah, I think Rhinox would probably be my first bet. If I could make the costume basically fall apart with just a press of the button, I would do Waspinator. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. That is very good. <laughs> what do you mean, you Kendall? Um. So, uh, I in there is a parallel universe where I'm like obsessed with cosplay. Because it's something that I, like, have ideas for costumes, but rarely execute. Um, and most situations where I think about cosplaying, or when I take steps towards it, it is uh, to be a crazy supervillain. Like, you know, lots of times when I was uh, in, in elementary school for Halloween, I dressed as Darth Vader. Um, I, my, I do... Uh, well, theoretically, I have a stormtrooper helmet now, um, although I haven't gotten it in my possession yet. It is in this city. It's just it's in my friend's uh, parents' house. Uh, it got delivered. But uh, but like so, and also also the one one of the few like legitimate cosplays that I did is I did uh, show up to a comic book event as Lex Luthor uh, after. Uh, my previous job made me cut my hair, so I like full on. I shaved it in, in a suit, and I was Lex Luthor. I, I the oh. joke was, are people going to think I'm Lex Luthor or the Kingpin? Because uh, I put on <laughs> some weight. Uh, but, um, but uh, so Megatron is the answer. <laughs> oh, I might be Tarantulas with that whole spiel. Megatron's good. I see. The thing is, like, I like Tarantulas, and like the like the thing, like he's he's maybe a character that I relate to more. But just like the way specifically cosplay, like I am more, I would be more likely to do Megatron because gotcha. because I want to be because the two things are, are with with cosplay is I do gravitate towards those like egomaniacal head honcho villains and yeah, it's, also it's, you want to be the ones you listed were more Megatron than Transformers right and sure. and then also also you want to be if you cosplay if I in my opinion if I cosplay I want to be a character that's immediately recognizable. And I think it would be easier to make a recognizable Megatron than a recognizable Tarantulas. Got you. Because even, even if you get a, even if you have a perfect Tarantulas costume, then people are going to be like, "You're a bug transformer. You're a bug robot." <laughs> but you'd be much more likely for people to recognize Megatron. Mm-hmm. So, what other questions do we have? That's a good question, Casey. Okay, so we have a couple of questions from the face Facebook and Twitter. Um, I did so, see some of the Twitter ones. Good. Yeah. Um, so Joe, uh, you remember our our friend from the Ghostbusters? Hi, and Joe. All. Um, Yo, Joe. Yes, that's uh, perfect. <laughs> as I was prefacing with, uh, in quotation marks, aliens did it. Is a populist, uh, popular, uh, sorry, hold on, conspiracy theory. Do you have a favorite aliens did blank conspiracy? 
what things would you prefer extraterrestrials have done instead of expert level uh, stoneworking tests? I kind of did one already this episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With Cain and Abel and all that. Um, I don't have a favorite actual one, but the one I just made up in this episode was pretty good. (laughs) I just, just in general, I've always loved the whole, uh, uh, that like meme with that one guy from uh, Ancient Architects, where he's like, "No, I'm not saying aliens, but but aliens." <laughs> and and I've just, I mean, I've seen people use that joke so many times, or th- something similar. And I've and I've used and we've like used that joke for like uh, in LARPs before too, which is actually kind of funny. But where I remember it really going uh, kind of crazy was back before the Dang and Robins. Uh, was a uh, translated thing. Uh, there was a something awful uh, thread that basically was uh, uh, a let's play of it, where he basically was breaking it down, telling what he was doing, and giving video clips when he was, because at the time it wasn't localized, there wasn't any American translations, uh, and everything like this. And there just started this this kind of weird thread throughout the entire time, where like the first person that was killed was everyone just kept on saying was was the cause for everything and so there was like one picture of the one of the characters with like this really cra- who had really crazy hair to begin with it's like now i'm not saying junkos but junkos and it got to the point where they had to actually start banning people who started who started using just the shouting the junkos theory too much <laughs> <laughs> okay Oh, you and your LARP stories. <laughs> well, that that meandered from LARP to to just random internet thing. Got you. Yeah. Got you. I I lost it a bit. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, Ken. Um, uh, I forgot the question. What internet? I mean, what? Oh, what alien, alien, conspiracy, alien theories? conspiracy theories. Okay, so yeah, uh, here's my thoughts or... on conspiracy theories. They're no fun anymore because of Donald Trump. Ah, <laughs> like. Like and this, I will say this started. Um, this started way, like before Trump, but sort of with everything. He's the sort of the culmination of it. Uh, it's it, during the during the 2008 presidential election. The the one crazy guy from the Cl- the Clinton campaign uh, that that started talking about Barack Obama was not born in the United States. And he went on coast to coast AM, ruined conspiracy theories for me forever because they they became so seated in this this like racism and everything. So they're no fun anymore. But I will say I never like really looked into it super deep, but I did always like the lizard people theory <laughs> because it was so just because it was like so ridiculous and like they were like. Okay, Hillary Clinton's a lizard person, and George W. Bush is a lizard person, but Bill Clinton is not a lizard person. And because like, <laughs> that's how conspiracy theories used to be. They used to be fun. We used to talk about about who really shot JFK, or did they fake the moon landing? None of this, like, did they fake the? You think the moon's real? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, get on my level, Ken. <laughs> I I literally Frankly, I, I listened. I, I stole that joke. <laughs> just so I, you know, I listened when I was in high school. I used to listen to Coast to Coast AM, which which if uh, if anyone is not aware, is a conspiracy theory radio show. And there was literally an episode where they got they had a guy and he was talking about he was talking about how nine eleven was an inside job, 
and then how uh, the JFK assassination was a, a conspiracy thing. And then in his third hour, he was talking about how they faked the moon landing. And that was, and George Nori was like, no, no, that's, there's no way I'm going to get my astronomer friend on the line and we're going to go over why the moon landing was legitimate. And they're going through and, and he's like, oh, well, what about this time when the airbrush is like, well, no, that's not, that wasn't because they faked the moon landing. That was because they saw the ruins of this alien civilization. <laughs> oh my God. So good. And even, and, and there was a moment where the, where the, the guy who's trying to convince that there's a, that it, the moon landing was a conspiracy, he's like, "But so you guys agree that there's a conspiracy, but you don't, you just don't think, you just uh, don't think we didn't land there." So good, it's like my was, conspiracy theory. It's this it's so good. Yeah. yeah, no, no, it was it was great, and and also like at the same time, and this is this is one of the origins of my being able to enjoy things on different levels. Like that stuff is also interesting. Like you know. Probably there is one conspiracy theory that exists out there that's actually got some truth to it. You know, there, I mean, the JFK assassination is like the one that people go to. Like, there's obviously something to it because blah, blah, blah. I watched lots <laughs> of, because I, I watched the History Channel documentary once and I saw that movie with the guy in it. Um, oh, Kevin Costner? Yeah, exactly. I didn't actually Back see it. I just saw it. To part the of left. It. Oh, that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, it's it's it used to be fun, but it's not fun anymore. Fair. Frankly, I think the alien just keeps stealing my socks out of the dryer. <laughs> it's probably true. You probably mm. want your socks real bad. Yeah. At this point, I'm kind of worried what the aliens would find if they looked in on us right now. The. I mean, I'm I remind, <laughs> I'm reminded of a of a George Carlin sketch. <laughs> According where, to a friend who I will, oh, get your friend first. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Um, I, I'm I'm reminded of the George Carlin sketch from from a number of years ago, where it's close to the end of his show, and he he's talking about, well, can't you, you know, the, I'm sure the universe is ready for us, you know, with the guys who come home and beat their wives because dinner is five minutes late, or, uh, you know, he he go he goes on all these tangents about, you know, some some social issues, which are all horrible. Uh, like things that that should not be happening in this world, and it's true. It's like you know, if any alien race decided to pop up at any moment and you know look in and see what's going on right now, they'd be like, uh, "Yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna go over to this other side of the galaxy." I mean, yeah, uh, I was gonna say, um, uh, according to a, a mutual uh, Twitter friend who I'm not gonna name just in case she doesn't want to be mentioned, there was like some people on a, a bus or a bus stop saying like. That if aliens came, they wouldn't abduct trans people for reasons, and never really got what into. She could she couldn't hear exactly the reasoning they had, but it was such a fucking weird thing. Uh, anywho, that sounds really weird. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they uh, wouldn't. They wouldn't abduct trans people because you know we're just we're just too we're too great, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people are making jokes about how, like, it's because the thing they're going to do to everyone, we're already doing it. So, <laughs> anywho. <laughs> they're going to they're make people. They're gonna, that's funny. They're to gender change everybody yeah. is what's going to happen. Yeah. Anywho. Anyways. So, Ryan Butson also gave us a question. He wanted, do you think the sparks of Transformers are somewhat radioactive, thus speeding, uh, spending... Uh, thus, spending so much time with the protohumans increases their their brain power f- because of it. I know it's a ridiculous, but 
uh, it's ridiculous, but so are most conspiracy theories. <laughs> um, I don't think that they're radioactive necessarily. I think maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe some maybe they asked Rhinox to develop some sort of nanobots or something to try and help them along. So all I can think of is the there was a robot chicken skit where basically it was a a uh, a uh, personal in, uh, personal injury lawyer who basically was like we sue giant robots. <laughs> it's like oh, it's like have, has your has your house been stomped on by a giant robot fight or uh, has. Has your car suddenly transformed and run away? It's like just going on and on. It's like we we can get you reparations. We sue giant robots, and he just like cuts to this guy who's like got a broken arm sitting in a chair and and with his dog, and he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, uh, I was working at this dam when all these robots started flying over 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 it for some weird reason, and then there caused all these explosions, and I broke my arm, and and thanks to like whatever the guy's name is. He got me all that robot's energon cubes, and it pans over, and there's just a pile of pink cubes there. He's <laughs> like, I, I, I think they're giving me cancer. And it cuts back to the guy. He's like, and we'll sue him for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so here's, here's my uh, serious answer to that question. Um, so I think that if, if it wasn't for G1, then there could be some credence to that. Uh, but the thing is, uh, the Autobots won the great war in the eighties or whatever. I mean, this takes, and these guys, uh, are the maximals are after that. So if there was anything about uh, inherent about a Cybertronian spark that was, that would, that had radiation that would affect humans, uh, they would have taken precautions. The maximals would have known to take precautions to prevent that. Uh, because the way that mutations work, 99.99999% of all mutations are going to be negative. So, it, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make them smarter. It's a long process. Mm. Um, alternatively, alternatively, it is possible that I had some uh, teachers in high school who were radioactive because after I got out of their class, I was smarter. <laughs> Jesus. So if that no, was, so basically, wow. they they radiate the power. Uh, they don't radi- radiate radioactive ways, but knowledge. <laughs> um. Th- okay. Uh, I, I have nothing to say on it. Next question. <laughs> uh, so Gwen from Twitter on the Twitter with the user handle at at Witsara. Hi, uh, Gwen. Witsura, uh, asked uh, fashion time on on uh, on Warren Beeson because I mentioned the Una oh, wearing the, the plate as a hat, and so we <laughs> were getting fashion tips. I was like, what are everyone's top and bottom three bot looks? Is Primal a top or a bottom uh, here? And and I responded I think, to her appropriately yes. on Twitter. <laughs> that <laughs> I obviously took it to its logical conclusion when she asked if Pop Prime is a top or bottom. I don't think I need to explain. Mm. <laughs> as as for I always uh, as for like looks, I still kind of like uh, Silverbolt's design just because like as a Fusor, it at least is much more. I guess you could say gels together much more cleanly oh, than some. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. So we're talking um, about, but we're talking about fashion here. Okay. So, mm. so they don't I wear think anything that, though. So we're just talking about designs, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, that's, that's no, what I was well, going yeah, to go. But about. I think I think there's a difference between just an aesthetically pleasing design and a fashionable design. Okay. I think that black arachnia and transmetal two Cheetor 
are probably the two most fashionable of of all the Transformers. And okay. uh, and uh, Optimus Primal, Optimal Ultimate Optimus is the least fashionable. He's just wearing he's wearing a bunch of layers that don't that don't match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta I gotta agree with fair, fashion, fair. fashion wise. I don't think Optimal Optimus is yeah. Um, Between the he's yellows, wearing too many accessories, reds. you know. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, the, despite the the sad take that Rhinox hasn't uh, upgraded or anything like that. It does kind of show that at least the his his designs very functional and and long stand like long standing. The fact that he has doesn't have to change it. Who doesn't so, like green? Yeah. So this just occurred to me. I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Okay, so talking about fashion, if the Beast Wars characters were just people with regular clothes on, what would uh-huh. they be wearing? Because like I just realized that Rhinox would be wearing a trench coat. Okay. Mm-hmm. See that? I don't know if it would be a trench coat, or I could maybe see him. Like in, in sort of like a, a brown bomber style jacket. Yeah. All and I maybe know about like khakis or something. Because I've thought of this before. If Rhinox was a human, he'd have a mohawk and a chin strap. Yeah. That's about it. Um, um, I, think uh, Cheetor, like I think I think Cheetor at first would have been like kind of like uh, just like almost a, like just Enzo like a, from Reboot. He, he would be a yeah, generic kind of kid. And then at this point, he would wear that be, Silk Goku Dragon Ball Z shirt. Oh God! Oh, I think I think now yeah. his his current form he would be like he started to look a little bit cooler when he got Transmetal too. And when his current he would form, he's hot topic. Yeah, I think I think he would be like Nirvana style, like grunge <laughs> is what he'd be okay, wearing. So I could see that, but I I also am thinking he's more. I get more of a surfer dude vibe. Oh, pack pack sun. Not not hot. Well, topic. I, I I think the transmetal two is when he got the surf because at first he's generic and then he goes into oh. surfer dude and now he's like grunge because yeah. he's a okay. kid he's going through all these different yeah very yeah, radical yeah. changes. I, I can see the grunge, but I I think it's I see surfer dude more with him because uh, I was leaning towards like a tank top and 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 swim trunks for his current form. <laughs> I think he's got ratty jeans and like a dirty mm. shirt I mean, and I'm like not, flannel. Look, I'm not saying you're oh, wrong. Oh, you know what, M. He's got a flannel shirt wrapped around his waist. <laughs> I think he wears a flannel shirt I, usually. I mean, I mean, the fact that he's got a goatee is an argument in your favor. I just I feel <laughs> look. I'm just saying, user. This is an abstract question with no right or wrong answers. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Megatron uh, is is wearing a purple suit. Yep. He pulls it off. Yep. Yeah. Rat Trap wears a suit, he, he but it's really dirty looking. He's like Nick from. Uh, from uh, uh, Left 4 Dead 2. He's he's was, got a he's got a bow tie, but it's never tied. I was going to say his, his, his collar is open, and it's cut. Yeah, he's got like a leisure suit on. That's Rat Trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um. um, Optimus would be like 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 I think he'd be very like straight laced like dad look, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, not in, not optimal Optimus. Nah. True. Like, like that would be if a you've seen, it, like you know how you know in in the Christmas story when uh, Ralphie's little brother gets bundled up and he <laughs> can't move his arms. That's optimal yeah. optimus. <laughs> sure. And then I, I think like Black Rat is a goth girl. Yeah. 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 And uh, Air Razor was Definitely kind of some a, leather. 
Eraser was a jock girl. She's like kind of like sporty looking. I, I feel like I feel like she'd wear pol- a lot of polos. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dinobot would be mainly in tactical gear. <laughs> yeah, especially Dinobot Two. Yeah. I mean, he's Dinobot Two is is just Deathstroke. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, uh, Tigertron would be wearing like really outdoorsy stuff. Like he looks like yeah. he he just lives outside and like is always like taking hikes and stuff. So he's wearing like, like hiking back, boots, like, and, like a backpacker kind of thing. Yeah, that kind of look. It's Tigertron. And um, other characters here. Def Charge is in a swimsuit. <laughs> He's in a scuba gear all the time. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I don't know why he dresses like that, but that's how he dresses. Um, no, I feel like I feel like Depth Charge is like a is like a like a stereotypical like Vietnam War like the like this like a uh, Lieutenant Dan. Not not like when he's in like at the begin in the beginning when you first meet him, where he's like. Yeah, he's like smoking a cigar. Sure, like I'm khakis, not sure what you're khakis and a and a white beater. Forrest Gump, Lieutenant. Dan I've never Forrest watched Forrest Gump. Yeah. Oh, You've never <laughs> seen Forrest Gump. It's no, a nice movie. You, you probably it should is. watch it. Yeah, you should okay. watch that with Mike. Yeah, maybe that's a good I'll movie. What Mike thinks about that. Um, any other questions? I mean, we've like got a got um, focus on this one for a long time, and then change it into a different question. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I just, I just, I thought, I, I feel well, like it was, it good, was good. We it had, had it was a good When it actually comes down to actual like fashion, sometimes it's hard for me to even think of anything, mm-hmm. uh, because I just think of most the most generic things. This is also why, like, when I create like D and D characters, it takes me forever to actually think of what the character looks like until I've actually played them for a while. Um, anyways, Joel asks us, uh, by the way, the, uh, from the, the, at uh, tabletop camera, uh, they say on our show last week. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've, just, I've just been reformatted into a hideous me- melody of animal and machine and my old clothes don't fit well anymore. Should I get, uh, them tailored to, uh, or use this as an opportunity to reformat my wardro- wardrobe too? I think he should reformat his wardrobe. That's what I would do. Like, you got this new change? Like, go fucking wild. Like, like see, see what new possibilities are in store. Forget those old clothes. I think it would depend on how you were reformatted. I was thinking maybe he could ask Claire from Clueless to use that fashion computer to <laughs> make a whole new outfit and wardrobe form. I think. Uh. I think it it depends on his. I, what we haven't brought up is it depends on his previous wardrobe. Whether it still seems appropriate. Uh, however, I do tend to uh, lean in favor of Emily uh, that uh, we he should just uh, switch things up. <laughs> try new things. <laughs> I'm currently going through a transformation trying to get a new wardrobe. So It's expensive, is it not? There you go. It's very expensive. I yeah. haven't been able to get much. <laughs> Aww. That's fine. Well, yeah. There you go, folks. It's uh, news posts, questions, an episode. Uh, yeah, it's been a week. Uh, does anybody <laughs> have anything they would like to plug this week? Um, I'll plug, uh, besides Jesse Cooper's CurioCast uh, Podcast Emporium, uh, they see me rolling, start up the next chapter of their live play Exciting. of D&D. Uh, so they're like on the third chapter. And as I said, Darren Huss, it has a couple of podcasts out, the Prince Track by Tracks, and started up the, the Arrested Development uh, 
podcast called I've Made a Huge Mistake. <laughs> em, how about you? Um, you can find my artwork at danishare.tumble.com, and I'm on Twitter at This Is Emeralds, on YouTube, This Is Emerald, and on Twitch, and on Instagram. And also, I just released episode zero of In Pursuit of Passions on um, the Garbage Feed, so you can check that out. And hopefully I'll be having like an actual feed for that soon, and like more episodes, but for now you can check out, kind of like, get a feel for how some of the episodes will go, because it's a very... It's a series that's going to have a lot of different tones to it because sometimes we're talking about, you know, horny stuff and sometimes we're talking about this movie's cool or, you know, this sport's cool or something like that. Again, it's a it's, it's very, very topic and, podcast. And the Zero episode, what do you discuss? Uh, we talk, Me and Julie talk about Sidon from The Legend of Zelda. Okay. It's not the episode that I sent you, Ken. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's what you're thinking. That's episode I one. was I was yeah. – um, only partially asking for my benefit, but also for the benefit <laughs> of the listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the one that I showed you, Ken, is um, going to be the first episode, which I can preview a bit. It's about, I think I talked about it last, um, either on Let's Place or last episode of this, where it's uh, me interviewing my friend Elodie about her favorite movie, which is The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. But again, that's not released yet, so be, be on the lookout for that. <laughs> And also, I've guested on lots of stuff recently, like Let's Plates and Teenagers <laughs> of Attitude. So go check those podcasts out. <laughs> Kendall, how about you? Uh, so uh, you can find everything I do, although I've been bad at uh, adding things to it, uh, at kendallcast.ninja. Um, uh, most notably, uh, hopefully by the time this podcast goes up, there will be a new episode of The Poll List in which uh, my co-host Jared and I talk about comic books, and uh, uh, we talk a little bit about our experience at the Wizard World Columbus uh, comic convention last weekend. Uh, it was... Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. It was cool Did seeing people David ask Tennant, you about though. your podcast? Uh, not enough people. I will, oh. I will say, I oh. will because I don't think I mentioned this on that show, I did wear a t-shirt said, that says, um, ask me about my podcast, which was, <laughs> was kind of so that I, cause I was there to kind of try to do networking if the opportunity arose, which it didn't really, uh, it just wasn't really the right crowd for that. But what it did do was give people that were trying to sell me things an excuse to talk to me. Oh no. So, uh, this lady, and this was the best. I'll feel really bad if she actually was interested in my podcast. I did like humor her, but she, it's a, it was sort of a, you know, a booth, a booth sales representative for uh, LASIK eye surgery. Um, she says, this tell is me, a wizard I, world. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She says, tell me about your podcast. And I told her a little bit and she's like, Oh, where can I find them? I have, I am wanting to write my own podcast. For the first time, she said she wanted to write a podcast. Um, I mean, you could do that if you're going for like I, a radio show mm-hmm. thing, but... I, <laughs> it is a weird way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I did give her... I mean, she pulled out her phone and wrote down my... And wrote down Ninja. So, like, more... It seemed like we were a little bit outside of the normal sales pitch, but maybe... And then after, as soon as she took that down, she's like, we're also giving away free LASIK something, something. And I said, I have 2020 vision. And then I <laughs> Lucky. Uh, yeah. But yeah. And then, yeah, a couple other people, but it was, it was like, 
oh, you tell me about your thing. Now you should buy my thing, you know, and which is, <laughs> I mean, which is fine. Like you go to, that's the whole point of those, of those, you know, you have a booth so you can sell stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out the best way to network when I'm at these kinds of events. And I figured wearing a t-shirt that literally said, I podcast, talk about podcast. Uh, <laughs> if there was anybody that would have been a good person to network with, uh, there. And I mean, there probably were that I just didn't talk to. Like, I'm always afraid to talk to people. So I figured it would help. Uh, you, you need a brand shirt for Candlecast, and then that would be like, <laughs> oh, what's that? Rather than, like, ask me about my podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah, you're you're correct to, to a degree. I think there's more nuance than that. Because if I just had a shirt that said Candlecast on it, nobody would nobody would care. They would think it was just wearing No, I, I, there's more nuance, but it's better than ask me about my podcast i like i, I was I, initially i was gonna say you should have like an audio entropy shirt but you're not trying to sell audio entropy you're trying to sell you so but yeah. a, an audio entropy shirt would be good f- for like the rest the people who want to <laughs> who want to promote audio entropy right 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 work pretty right. well mm. yeah i mean and i would yeah with the things but uh yeah it's got it's a just, logo and everything though and you don't really have that so i guess i get what you're saying i like, sort yeah. of have a logo is it that picture of you playing magic no, well, that's the problem. Um, no, the logo for Candlecast is on Candlecast. It's the. It's I said the, that like 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 almost. It feels like a year ago now, where I told you that I try you a new picture, and I still tend to. I just haven't gotten around. <laughs> okay, so so I kind of called him out, but my but my my friend Nick, who drew that who drew that picture in the first place, um, I it came up on it, one of the other he 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 drew a handful of pictures of me while he was in while he was in college he was an art student and I, I just for whatever reason there were a couple of times he drew me and one of them that he drew uh, a sketch uh, that I used for an album cover uh, came up in my newsfeed as like seven years ago you drew this picture and and I I made a comment a year ago I, I shared it and made a comment a year ago. Uh, saying Nick Drew should draw a picture of me now that I'm fat, and uh, and he and he responded with saying deal, and then it came up again this year. <laughs> so and he still hasn't, but it's fine, it's fine. I mean, it's you know, uh, I'm not I'm not paying for it. I've kind of got I'm working on this aesthetic of everything being done in crap with crappy Microsoft oh, Paint shit. I- images. So. I just realized something that I need to work on that I am getting paid for. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prioritize the paid gigs uh, over over drawing fat Kendall podcasting. Yeah. Although, if there is any anyone out there who wants to draw a picture of fat Kendall podcasting, uh, feel free. I'm a white guy with brown hair, long <laughs> shoulder length brown well, hair. You got a YouTube channel people can watch to I, see what you look like. Yeah, yeah, but mostly I'm a white guy with shoulder length brown hair. That's all you need to know. <laughs> As always, folks, you can find us on AudioEntropy.com, where there is always a bunch of different things to listen to. Uh, M, you've been on Let's Place and TWA recently. I was on last week's episode of TWA. Uh, Let's Place uh, has been rolling pretty steadily now as well they're starting to pump out some new episodes again uh i might just be a permanent cast member of that because i'm literally free all the time (laughs) but we'll see um going pear-shaped of course is another really good podcast uh totally prize book of Bodora, uh skies of academia uh 
tons of stuff on there. And I, I know that there's other stuff that's in the works. Uh, so keep an eye out. You'll, you'll, you technically last week's TWA, you already got a sort of a hint as to one that's in the pipeline now. So I think we mentioned it on some stuff. Yeah, probably. But it's it's home for everyone to lose. It's a rewatch yeah. podcast of Dragon Ball Z that me, Mike, and Luke are doing. Watch it. Listen to it. That's what I meant if to say. If I can stay up late one night to be on that, I will totally be on that. Saturday nights. Hey, Phil. I'll do what I can. Hey, Phil, yes. <laughs> um, as well, you can always find us on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash War and Beast podcast. Uh, on Twitter at War and Beast. Uh, if you want to email us, Nobody ever emails us, but if you want to email us, uh, you, you can sound so us. exasperated there. <laughs> Nobody ever emails us. Uh, you can email us at uh, warandbeastpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we're, we're always looking for folks who want to join the uh, Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. Uh, we do like to follow back for folks that you know aren't bots and trying to get us to look at their sexy webcams. Um, but yeah, uh, just, just putting that out there. Um, um for the for the latter, uh, at K Hallman on Twitter. <laughs> no, that's not true. I don't follow <laughs> bots and virus porn. Yeah, but still, it's a funny porn. joke. <laughs> it's a funny joke. Um, but yeah, that bacteriophage um, is just nasty. <sighs> but yes, it's uh, it's been another week. We're eight episodes in. We've got five nine, episodes four. left. Yep, five of them left. <laughs> it's getting down to the wire. Also, I'm going to be bringing up something from this episode, or I'm going to bring up the whole Dark Mirror thing when we finish out this series again. This is this is not okay. the last you've heard of me talking about Dark. Mirror. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. <laughs> and and next, I'm going to say this now because we are we are uh, getting towards the end. Uh, next week is going to be a bonus episode. We're doing the second half of uh, the Animorphs pilot, just so uh, everyone can mentally prepare yourself. Because I always hate it when podcasts uh, surprise me with those kinds of things. Yeah, especially since we know already that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah we yeah. should say it. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, and for those wondering why that is, uh, I'm not going to be here next week. I'm I'm going to visit family in Nova Scotia. So I haven't seen. Rick's just tired of our bullshit. So he's like, (laughs) oh yeah. And we wanted to do an Animorphs episode, and Greg was like, I really, I, I feel like I've said everything I have to say about Animorphs. (laughs) It's just, I mean, I, I, I did, I did everything there is to do. You know, we've covered so much, and it's, it's such an important thing that I've said everything. It's like it's it's humans that turn into animals. Whoever thought this was a good idea? I mean, robots and animals is cool, but humans and animals. All right, so there you go, folks. Been a week. Warren Beast, I've been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. Lever. I've been Kendall. <laughs> Let's roll. Oh, so it's it's not it's a fill instead of hell. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs>